0: Middle Hey baby, baby.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the show. It's like we're taking psychedelics.
0: <laughs>
1: we're, we're working some things out, try some things out.
2: Yeah. You know, part of the internet, right? You get to uh, <laughs> you get to try
1: some different shit. <laughs> What's up, YouTube? Everybody hanging? Uh, you know, much like uh, your TV broadcast, a uh, 7 o'clock game means a 7.15 tip, John. Or in this case, a uh, Tuesday evening on the YouTube. What's up, everybody? Good to see you. What's happening, people? There is, you know, it's the internet. You know, time is fluid.
2: Fluid is time. You just kind of go. The podcasters, they, they, just, wasn't a- they just listen when the podcast comes up. I think you, I think YouTube, they get a little spoiled. This isn't television. This isn't network TV. You're going to be on at 8 o'clock. No, it's like maybe 8.15, maybe 8.45, maybe seven. 7-
1: 38 i don't know we'll we'll figure it out Uh, wasn't that a bruce lee quote time is water and water is
0: podcasting or something like that
2: couldn't he like uh from like a foot away knock you out with a chest shot i was just yeah
1: unless you were unless unless it was uh brad pitt from uh once upon a time in hollywood kicked him into a car remember that didn't
2: he kick his ass or something
1: yeah, fired for fighting Bruce Lee. <laughs> it damaged the car. Remember that? I, did, I need to watch that movie again. That was... Uh, oh, I actually
2: went... I went to theaters, watched it by myself.
1: Really? I don't remember where I saw it for the first time, but it's one of my all-time favorite
0: movies. Yeah, I did, a
2: sol, I did a solo mission here in Walnut Creek. Yeah, it was like summer or whatever. It was like... Yeah. Leo, Brad Pitt. I'm like, I'll oh, check it out. Yeah. It was good.
1: It's, it's and then this, I mean, the
2: whole story behind it, did you know about that? Had you heard about that that killing... I mean, the- I had
1: heard of it just in the name of it, but I didn't quite understand it. You know, I didn't, we didn't live it, so to speak. Oh, no, well, yeah. All right, everybody on YouTube, hello. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button. That helps out the channel and the podcast, which we appreciate. And subscribe to this uh, YouTube channel. If, if you're listening to the podcast, it's great to have you. The um, mailbag will return. So, as always, we appreciate you going to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leaving us a five star review um that helps out the uh the the podcast if you're on spotify that's cool too or wherever you get in your pod some you know random local uh platform that's cool wherever you get it we appreciate it i think we we see the numbers i think 90 percent of them are
2: coming from apple itunes and then a vast majority yes and then a decent uh, you know the then the largest percentage of the nexus spotify so i think that we know who corners the market uh keep on listening And uh, get ready for some football because the 49ers are still alive. We got the final eight, and we got four games. I actually got a text from our buddy Hawkins. He's like, uh, you want to play golf, Pebble Beach, Saturday. I'm like, "Uh, God damn it, fucking NFL. I'm like, what time? And then he gave me the time. It just wasn't going to add up. I'm like, you know, I got to watch the (laughs) Niners-Packers. I I, I was going to have no problem skipping the first one, but I can't. This is... I'm that's just yeah, the Niners backers man. Big deal. Can I text Hawkins and be like,
1: I'll take Middlecoff's spot?
2: You could, yeah.
1: I mean it it was gonna pay. I was gonna pay. Well, I understand. Yeah. Uh yeah, what time is that first game? One one thirty and five fifteen, I think. At least some time, little get a little pregame um for the uh for the second game. Can't have an overlap, can't let the pregame show game number two. Fuck this one's Fox. Joe, Troy, you know, Troy got his Niner game. Didn't get his Cowboy game, but Troy got his Niner game. This will be Cowboys. um, uh, Cowboys are out, but, you know, Troy's still getting his Niners. I I
2: get it. You know, that was his. That's not Tony. Tony Romo was busy playing like who, you know, Eli Manning. Like, he's like, Troy's like, I I, I built this fucking thing playing (laughs) the 49ers. And now you send me to Tampa. They do have Tampa. Their media at halftime is bananas. Foster. It's, it's like pretty unreal. It's like this whole ice cream setup. Mm-hmm. I, I vividly remember that in my scouting days. It's a pretty special setup. <laughs> that was the highlight of... Uh, they didn't that have movie. that one
1: at Utah State when you were uh, going through Logan, did they?
2: No, no they didn't. Uh, but yeah. that was a Bananas Foster, Tampa Bay. I don't even know what the Bananas Foster is. I just remember people talking about it. Then I went, and it was like this whole sweet setup. Spring is Christmas it like a banana
1: split? Just, yeah,
2: it just... I just I think there are just several different options. I mean, you can just go with like a bowl of ice cream, but it was it's a pretty cool setup. And the line of fat media people is fucking long. Mm.
1: Get in early, no. get their seconds.
2: Uh, Guy, that 2-minute drill. You think people are locked in this is a 2-minute drill or they're moving back? You know what someone told me one time? You know it's, the way these people think and where they gravitate. Oh, well, towards.
1: someone told me one time, you know, you're at somebody's house and they they got like, you know, it's like a buffet or like a uh it's it's respectful to the chef to be first in line. You know, everyone's always like, oh, no, no, you go ahead. No one ever wants to be first in line when they like, all right, food's out, everybody. It's like, no, it's respectful to the chef to be first in line. So
2: My issue with the first in line thing, because you're always getting yelled at by your parents, you know, like, eat, grab your place." It's like, well, yeah, then I sit down and I got to wait for you. So it's like I do well if I sit down and then there's a quick transition of even if we're saying a prayer or something. But if I got to sit there for seven minutes and look at whatever I'm about to eat, I don't have the discipline. I am not i i'm not jocko you know this is not i can't sit there and pretend everything's good i'll go we'll Just take your time guys
1: <laughs> also if you're a fast eater you're at a major disadvantage because you don't want to be done as people are taking their first bite But like, no. if we all start from the same place on the track i'm gonna finish before most people unfortunately sure. exactly so, podcast is brought to you by MyBookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one MyBookie.ag promo code Ham and the number one will they will match your first deposit dollar for dollar up to a thousand bucks if you accept the bonus remember you have to uh, bet the full amount before you can withdraw funds you can also decline the bonus but either way use Ham and the number one that way they know we sent you let's uh, update John what uh, what happened last week well we won a thousand. We won like eleven hundred dollars
2: because we hit a little parlay. Uh, what was the parlay? The under of the Raider game and just the Bills minus four. And then we bet the 49ers money line. That was a little more stressful than it should have been. So we went from having eighteen dollars in the hopper to now having $1,918. So we got some money to play with. But this week's, you know, like I don't I, I ain't putting money in the Niner game. I know that. Uh, the Bills, Chiefs. You see, Andy's comparing, you know, the season to chocolate cake. I, I wouldn't bet against the fourth time, all time winningest playoff coach ever. Even though I kind of like the Bills, you know, it's, mm. that one's a tough. Uh, the the I Titans, like the B- Bengals games. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I would just, I would bet on the Chiefs, but doesn't don't the Bills make you a little nervous?
1: Uh, yeah, they do. They do. But all these, I mean, this is the elite eight, John. This is yeah, the elite, elite eight. eight. That's where we're at. Like nothing comes easy here. Okay, so. You know, i
2: I kind of like the Titans. I think a lot of people are going to take the Bengals. I think we talked about that the other day. But I think the team that I like, just the value, and just you watch them. Their Bengals are is plus one
1: sixty. So would you
2: do? You, do you like the Bengals plus one sixty or the Rams plus one thirty more? Because I like the Rams plus one thirty a lot, just in terms of value and
1: um, yeah, I like try. the Rams plus one thirty more. I because I think you negate a little bit. I don't love Matt Stafford on the road against Tom Brady, but. It's not exactly Lambo they're playing in or, or Gillette Stadium here. They're playing in Tampa. So I think it uh it negates that. He was really good. I know it was the Cardinals, but I, I thought
2: that was the best he's looked in two months, right? Not turning the ball over, just throwing dimes. Like that that was that's why they traded two first round picks for him. So to me, can he can he just have a turnover? A game where he's not turning the ball. Because if he does, they're clearly a top two or three team in the league, right? If he's going to play like he did last night. It's just, do you trust him on the road? I don't know. It's not inconceivable that Rams win this game and the Niners upset. All of a sudden, the Rams host the NFC Championship game.
1: Yeah, there's no trust. I wouldn't use the word trust. There's not a lot of trust for me with any of this stuff. I mean, these games are just one one throw makes all the difference. And Tom Brady's made these one throws a million times in his life. And Matthew Stafford's basically never done it. Pretty sure so.
2: Tom threw three picks
1: last year in Green Bay, if memory serves me correct. So it's like Tom turns the
2: ball over. You know he's old.
1: Not against yeah. the Eagles, but yeah, I I will be very interested to see if this Niners number keeps going up. Um, it's si- it's six once six you log six in. now once yeah. I log in. Um, four and a half felt a little low anyway. I mean the Packers were up seventeen to nothing in their first game. We'll talk about whether the first game matters or not. But I do think the Niners are getting a little underrated. I mean they're plus one ninety five. Um, so I thousand dollars on that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it would pay, uh, 1950. We have a lot of cash then. I, I know. Uh, what's the total amount in the pot right now? 1918. 1918. So we, yeah, we've got something to play with. So we can, we can dial that in on Thursday. I'll be interested to see if that moves a little bit. It, now, I guess if Jimmy, I, I don't know if that, I think people were talking like all oh, that line moving to Jimmy, maybe, I don't know. To me, fought four and a half to six. I don't know. I think people, I think, I don't think it'd be crazy just for people to wake up on Tuesday and start betting on the Packers. So I don't think so either.
2: Anyway, <laughs> they're a pretty public team.
1: Yeah. Uh, My bookie.ig promo code ham and the number one podcast, also brought to you by, by DraftKings.
2: By DraftKings. Draft Go to DraftKings, download the app, type in the promo code ham.
1: Have you made a game for this week yet? Oh, no, I'll do it right now as we speak.
2: Yeah. You do, should you do it when we're live. You screwed it up before. I, I just <laughs> let's just wait till it ends. I you know it's risky. Can you you doing it right? I think I can do uh, it. Yeah. Okay, let's see. Yeah, just we're making a game, send it out all four games this weekend. Uh I'll probably choose the quarterback who's the worst because that's typically what I do. Uh here's what you do. You have a chance to win millions of dollars every playoff round. You pick a quarterback, you pick two running backs, you pick three wide receivers, a tight end, a flex and a defense. Boom! You're cooking with gas. You have a chance to win money. I think the the winner of our game last week got like two hundred fifty dollars. Uh, listen, over a million dollar each round. Set up your own DraftKings account. You get in our league. We do this all year long. We'll do the big golf tournaments. Uh, we'll do any big events that are fun. And can't recommend it enough. We've been using DraftKings now for years. Just download the app. Type in the promo code Ham, and. Uh, your shot at a million dollars in total prizes throughout the nfl playoffs it's it's very very easy to do eligibility eligibility restrictions apply see draftkings.com for details
1: uh dan asked, how did you go from uh 18 to 1900 in a weekend a few big parlays no i think it was 180 wasn't it did you say 18 dollars Well yeah, because we
2: had seven hundred like we had seven hundred and eighteen dollars when the weekend started. We placed seven hundred dollars worth of bets. If we if we lost them both, we would only have eighteen dollars. So the seven hundred dollars turned into whatever, twelve hundred dollars, right? We won a parlay that paid seven hundred and we won the Niners money line, I think, paid like plus one ten, so we won, you know, five hundred and twenty bucks or something.
1: Yeah. You're right. I won't make the game right now. It's just too, too, too risky yeah, for me. to. Too, I've screwed too, it up too many times. You've, I screwed it up you last week, actually. And you 3. So, <laughs> uh, but like John said, use the promo code HAM to get your shot at millions of dollars uh, of prizes every round of the NFL playoffs. Go get it. Use the promo code HAM. And um, have come have fun. Come have fun with us on uh, in our DraftKings game. Oh, you sent me this today. This is good. I like this. Let me see if I. Somebody said, I can see all your tabs. I know. I'm only sharing the tabs that uh, doesn't bother me. You can see these tabs. Yeah. It's not, he's not watching you porn on the, he, you save that for the iPad. D- different, <laughs> yep. Uh, different browser. Uh, look, you sent me this. So you, why don't you set this up? This is just an incredible graphic. I mean, it, it
2: truly is. And I was sitting on my couch, kind of hate watching after like the first couple drives because it felt like the the Bucks were going to win that game 70 to nothing. A buddy of mine on the Eagles just sends me a text. Is this fucking guy ever going to retire? Because <laughs> they're just it felt like they were going to get routed, and they really did, even though the final score, I think, was 31 to 15. He's 44 years old. And to me, it's, it's well known. We talk about it all the time. This puts it into context. The coach of the Packers, the coach of the Niners, and the coach of the Rams are all younger than Tom Brady. And I would say Sean McVay is dramatically younger than Tom Brady, but the two guys, Shanahan and LaFleur. Now, Shanahan, I would say, kind of has the presidential... He's aged in his time, right, as the coach of the Niners. He's definitely added some gray to his face. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he just grows out the beard when he came. He was cleanly shaven. He definitely just looks older. Like To me, Kyle Shanahan looks older than Tom Brady. If you just would, how old... Before I saw this graphic was Kyle Shanahan, I probably would have guessed 44, but it shows you he's still young. To me, LaFleur looks, I would have guessed LaFleur was 40, and obviously I knew Sean was 35, 36 years old. But when you see it like that, I mean, these guys are star head coaches. I I was thinking about it this morning. Kyle won his third playoff game. LaFleur's won several playoff games, so he's won two, so that's five. And then Sean last night won his fourth. They've won nine combined playoff games for guys, that, I mean, when the oldest coach is 42 years old. And obviously, did you see some of the the statistics of Brady, the amount of playoff wins he has relative to every other quarterback all time, like adding it up? <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Like Montana, Rodgers, and all these guys.
1: And I, I saw the graphic of him versus every other quarterback just in these playoffs, including that, last that, weekend. That,
2: that's what it was, yeah. And he, he had more wins, right?
1: Yeah, that was the fox. That was the fox. Gra- fox had that graphic during that game. Everyone was animated. Whoever made this graphic, you know, of all these guys, for people who aren't seeing it, Brady forty-four, Shanahan forty-two, Lafleur forty-two, McVay thirty-five. And I'll say this too: I was thinking this watching the game of the other day. Byron Lefwich is forty-two. Like Byron Lefwich, the offensive coordinator of the Bucs, is two years younger than Tom. I was thinking about it as he was coaching him up on the sideline. Like Tom, Byron could very easily have been Tom's you know, Byron was a starter, but on Tom's team, and Tom would have been telling him what to do. Now Byron left, which is Tom's offensive coordinator, right? And, I mean, they're telling each other what to do from – I think Troy made the point. Like, they both learned from each other. Um, And I think Wes Walker is. I mean, Wes feels – yeah, 43, 40 – He's 40. 40, okay. I mean, it's wild. And the point you made to me as well, like, these guys – all The Washington football team could have had any of them. <laughs> Is the Washington football team ever going to hire a Shanahan guy? Or did Mike send them all off to make sure that Dan's, Dan Dan never got their services ever? Well, to me, it clearly
2: ended pretty ugly with the crew, and they all took off. But I think looking back... Now, granted, McVay stayed, but Shanahan took the LaFleur's, McDaniels. like They, they packed up and they left. That one... I do think it's understandable. Like, for example, we've talked a lot about like the, the Sean Payton situation in Dallas, how they've had that happen. And now they're in somewhat of a situation like that again. It's, it's a little different. I mean, the chances that Dan Quinn or definitely Kellen Moore are gonna become Sean Payton feel a little unlikely. I don't think Kellen Moore's getting an NFL head coaching job this year. I don't either. But I think when you look at like this crew of guys, but specifically Kyle. Like at the time I was with the Eagles when we were playing Kyle Shanahan I mean it, it was Mike you know Kyle has become you know the kind of the star it's the same with Sean but they ha- they did have Sean for a lot longer like Sean became their offensive coordinator they kept elevating him and keeping him up like Kyle Shanahan I mean, they had him for a long period of time he was their offensive coordinator and he was a huge part like you've heard Robert Sala talk about the way that LaFleur and him got hired like he created these guys you know McVeigh, they, they did inherit him. Uh, where that was just not the case with you know the Lafleur crew. Definitely, you know Matt Lafleur was hired specifically by Kyle Shanahan.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I th- and I think the immediate success, uh, Akash says, even Zach Taylor's won a playoff game. Yeah, and Zach is thirty-eight. Zach Taylor's thirty-eight years old, right? But I, I'll say this for Zach Taylor,
2: these guys are all McVeigh, Lafleurs. Like those guys are coaches. I remember Zach Taylor as a player. So do I. Yeah. so like to at me Nebra- like, i remember hey,
1: i remember him mostly at nebraska
2: that's what i'm saying yeah. like i i put D- you know d'amico even though d'amico and kyle overcrossed he was playing for kyle not i mean kyle was the offensive coordinator and wide receiver guy but like they were in the same building every day like i d'amico was fit like to me the floor family <laughs> i think Oh, it was the Shanahan, like those guys are getting Christmas cards so those guys are buried, right? You're
1: saying former players are start ahead of the game often, then now Kyle's different, Kyle's unique, right? In that his dad was Mike. I think Zach Taylor is Mike.
2: married to Mike Sherman's daughter because yeah, Mike Sherman, remember, he was the coach at Nebraska. I'm pretty sure for a second, was he
1: a coordinator there? He wasn't the head coach, Mike Sherman. Now he was a GA at AM, maybe that's where they met. Who was? Zach Taylor started his career as the GM at Texas A&M.
2: You're right. Why did I think Mike Sherman was at, was at Nebraska? Well, you
1: might be right because Mike Sherman was the head coach at A&M and Zach Taylor was a graduate assistant there. Maybe that's where they met. That, that's is where they Nebraska met. Nebraska football was my favorite. Thanks to Tommy Frazier, I followed it for a while. Well, Zach Taylor <laughs> was a
2: quarterback in Nebraska.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the long line of quarterbacks that looked kind of exactly the same um, that they had. Uh, so, you no, know, I, I understand your point. It's a good point. I... I do think, like, what's incredible about the Shanahan kind of tree is not just that they all got jobs, is that they're all getting contract extensions and winning playoff games and competing for Super Bowls, right? I mean, that's the part that, or the McVay, You know, I guess McVeigh got credit. Somebody put it out on the internet. I'd forgotten about this. That in the Cliff Kingsbury hiring press release in Arizona, it said he's great friends with Sean. But these guys are like getting these are these are not, oh, they fake their way to the top and now they're getting extensions like they are getting extensions on top of extensions. Say what you want. The time will tell. Right. LaFleur is the one who hasn't had to do it without a star quarterback yet. But I mean, he's he's got as many wins today as Kyle Shanahan does, 39 apiece. So whatever you want to say about him, coaching the star player is part of the job. And that is what he's doing. It's the, you know, he's still managing people like, and I do think David adjusted I think they've gotten better than they were in 2019. I and mean, he gets credit for that. 100% too, right? add the run, the run game has
2: clearly been a huge addition to that team, which is something that he learned under Kyle. I think that the, I, I'm a sucker for the coaching connections. I mean, we, you and I aren't going to talk about it as much, but like in the Kansas city and Buffalo, I would imagine if you and I were hosting a radio show in Kansas city, Sean McDermott's career started as Andy Reid's assistant. Not his quality control. His assistant. When you're his assistant, you literally just are his assistant. You know, like, hey, go pick up my dry cleaning, and that's a role that Andy has. That several Doug Peterson. Actually, I don't. I think Doug skipped that. Brett Veach started at that. Brett Veach. I think it went Sean McDermott. It went James. I think the quarterback coach for the Ravens now, and then Veach. That that role was a starter into stardom. Now, Brett Veach is
1: the general manager of the Chiefs
2: now, <laughs> started as Andy Reid's assistant and Sean McDermott worked his way up and eventually became Andy Reid's defensive coordinator after Jim Johnson passed away from cancer. But like and Andy, I, th- I would say that Andy is the most famous coach because he's been doing it the longest of having successful tree, right? Just having guys that like John Harbaugh, Ron Rivera, Sean McDermott, Doug Peterson, even like Matt Nagy wasn't like some Tom Sula where... Belichick's kind of the opposite. I think Kyle feels like the younger, and really Mike, you know, they all worked for Mike, but Kyle kept getting jobs and bringing the crew with him. It does feel like Kyle's the young, skinny version of Andy, where just his guys, you just watch them talk on their own, you go, yeah, these guys are pretty impressive. I can see why. Like he does a good job, and now we've had the opportunity to see like they transition pretty smoothly from Robert Sala to D'Amico. Ryan's a guy who's getting head coach, like it's. You get credit for that. Like Andy went through it time and time again. It's really hard. Like I, I get Belichick credit. Like he keeps they don't do well when they leave him, but he does a good job developing. And they don't come back.
1: Josh did. Josh did. But yeah, they don't. Yeah, I mean maybe is is uh, Gerard Mayo going to become a head coach at some point? Um, but I was thinking about this today. Like if you had a if you said okay, let's draft the coaches in the elite eight here. Zach Taylor, Mike Vrabel, McDermott. Andy Reid, uh, McVeigh. I mean, this the, the, this bracket is ridiculous. McVay, uh, Shanahan, LaFleur and Arians. I think if we did like a bunch of simulations of like GMs, like not just 32, but like simulated a thousand times, I think Andy would probably go first the most, especially Fourth with all
2: time G- playoff victories.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's, he was, un- I mean, I think you could make the case that Kyle should go second. Um now, McVay obviously has a better winning percentage. You could make the case that McVay should go second. Vrabel's brought this team. Vrabel, and there's only two guys, and it's Vrabel and Shanahan, who I think are in the playoffs this year without a future. Now, I'm going to be a little over the top Hall of Fame quarterback. Is Joe Burrow going to make it to the Hall of Fame? Is Josh Allen going to make it to the Hall of Fame? You know, we'll see. But I would say they've got all the Hall of Fame tools. Like Vrabel and Shanahan are the only guys left without that at quarterback right now, right? So, But I think you could absolutely argue just based on this year, maybe someone would really believe in Vrabel. You know, Arians has a very impressive resume. McVay, the thing with McVay is as it's been Kyle's beat him six times in a row. So we can debate it. I'm not saying it's not debatable. I'm not saying it's obvious. But you could legitimately take Kyle second in what is a group where you could argue – Sean Sean McDermott's doing a pretty good job over there. Hell yeah. I mean, John, they all like you could argue every one of these guys, probably except Zach Taylor, to be fair. And I'm not that's not hating on Zach Taylor. You could argue any one of them probably in the top three, but you just wouldn't take Zach ahead of LaFleur, McVay, or Shanahan. I would say Zach
2: would consistently be a a consistent
1: last of the group. Yeah. (laughs) But you could absolutely argue most of these guys in the top. It's just it's an incredible group of coaches that's in the playoffs. Well, do you think here's like I just looked. Uh, LaFleur,
2: you and I talked about this before we jumped on, has two playoff victories. And I just looked. I was like, what is Vrabel have? He only has two. But, like, you get to skip around when you have the home field advantage. Like, do you get credit for not having to play in the first? Like, he didn't have to fuck around last week. He got to drink beers and eat dinner, right? Yeah, you do. And it's uh, same Patricia with... Patricia came back, yeah. Same with... uh But really, Patricia took over. Remember, Ernie Adams retired, and they just put him into that he didn't really hole. have
1: a spot, right? He wasn't going no. somewhere
2: but yeah, exactly. Nobody wanted them. <laughs> it was toxic. This is a this is a fantastic group. I think if you remove Arians and Andy, who are you know, Arians is old. Andy's older, you know, 60, 62. The the young group, right, if Rabel's what is Mike? Mike is he's a little older. Forty six. Oh. So he's forty six. All the other guys are forty two and younger, it's a fantastic and I think Sean McDermott's probably 46 47 years old it's a fantastic group of young coaches like just high level I would say McDermott and Vrabel they just don't get put on the pedestal because of the side of the ball they coach but clearly both guys are born ass kickers I mean I've been around Sean McDermott he is like the one you know David Goggins who's always running and lifting like McDermott's less of the fluff listen I, I think Goggins is being serious when he's saying it but he like he's a preacher kind of like McDermott's not into that, but in terms of guys up every morning at like three forty-five, he would never have a piece of processed food during the six months he's coaching. His locked-in discipline, where to me Vrabel's probably a little less disciplined with some of that shit, but in terms of football discipline, th- those two guys, if if they were calling offensive plays, we would just be talking about them like the other three guys. <laughs> but they're defensive guys. They talk like coverages and pass rush. Yeah. You know, you just for whatever reason, you just don't quite get anointed. And I would say Andy is kind of just gone into we even think about him more as just a head coach, CEO,
1: encompasses it all, right? He's just the boss.
2: But he is the play caller, right? But kinda I
1: think I think B calls
2: the plays now sometimes.
1: I think the thing that's surprising about this whole exercise, if you want to call it that, is that McDermott's only five years older than Shanahan. <laughs> I would have, you know, my perception of McDermott is more Mike Zimmer category, like took until he's 58 to get his job. How how old was Mike when he got his job? Whatever it was. Yeah. But that's not the case with Sean. Like for a guy who started... he, He
2: started as his assistant at
1: probably 23 or 24 years old. For a guy who started before that at William & Mary to become a head coach in the NFL in 19 years, that's a long time and Sean worked a lot of hard hours, right? I'm sure you would know. But 19 years from William & Mary to NFL head coach is still a pretty... I wouldn't call it fast, but that's a pretty good track,
2: right? You know, you know Sean McDermott's teammate at William and Mary, nineteen
1: ninety eight, head uh, coach
2: in the NFL as well.
1: Staley, no Staley's too young.
2: Swagged out, Tomlin, baller Mike Tomlin. They were teammates at William and Mary. Swagged out. It was either him or uh, Skip Bayless. I, I think that I think Tomlin. Is obviously a little older than him, but they definitely they crossed over. I think a couple years. Wow, I I do think sometimes in a weird way, like the football gods, they gravitate towards certain smaller schools, right? You're just William and Mary, and, and I don't like Mike Tomlin and Sean McDermott. I don't think knew it at the time, right? John Carroll. I listen. I I was lucky enough to be at one at Fresno State. If you coach or work at a Notre Dame at an Alabama the usc you're gonna have a pipeline but for whatever reason certain schools just there's like an opening from the football gods of like there is gonna be a bridge for you to walk across if you want it and take it but like the difference of william and mary and like uc davis was that for a long period of time for these guys that wanted to coach division one right but cal Poly never was (laughs) so it's just there's there's like a there's a randomness, and I, I do think it all starts like with the human, whoever the top at the pyramid was, like forever with Andy and Mooch and Gruden and all those guys. it was Mike Holmgren. It was this guy from the Bay Area that somehow they all got to meet. and everyone, and you know you see this. I think all the the Shanahan guys would say, like we're very, very lucky that Mike Shanahan wanted to recoach in Ed Washington because the other thing that happened, is that Kyle had a sweet job because Kubiak and that team was kind of up and coming, and you could tell like they were onto something. And he left to go join his dad, and he, I, he's talked about it since. Like it was a pretty, it was just something that you know, who knows, you know, it was never gonna, it was a unique opportunity here to coach with my dad. But
1: then the changes it made to all these human beings, yeah. right? I know. Al, Al on the stream says Shanahan Lafleur handshake at the end of this game. I mean, the handshake. Having rewatched the handshake today. There was no eye contact, and it was z- they zip. If there wasn't, I didn't get a view of the handshake. But if there was a handshake, it was like a. There's no way there was. There wasn't a grab, you know. Well, there there was a silver thread that morning, correct? That yeah, silver talked about, and then Kyle was angry about. Would Lafleur was angry about? Do you remember the thread exactly? I if I. Kyle walked into the room and they were talking. So it was his it was brother Sunday, was in
2: there. This game was Sunday Night Football, correct? Yep. NBC. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So a thread. It might not even have come out first thing in the morning. Maybe it did during the day, but it was a phone call with his brother on Facetime. Oh, he was with the Jets, talking to McDaniel right over the during the draft period. And I think
1: maybe Sala was there too.
2: Saul was there and McDaniel's like, what are you guys fucking doing? And they're just bullshitting. And then Kyle walks by, gets in on the shit talking, messing around. And then he goes, what quarterback are you going to draft? Aaron Rodgers or something? Or I hear you guys are going to trade for
1: Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, you already got your quarterback is what LaFleur, Mike LaFleur said. And didn't Kyle like storm out of the room or something? Kyle said, call your brother, tell your brother, to call me back. He hasn't returned my calls. And LaFleur said, can you blame him? At that point, several people familiar with the calls said so Shanahan got visibly upset and hastily led left the room. So was he mad that it was even being talked about, or that Lafleur wouldn't call him
2: back about Rodgers?
1: I think he was mad that they were talking about Kyle like he had done something sneaky.
2: Gotcha. Like he was being uh he was being shady shady operator. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he's like, I, I don't know what you guys are. You guys are. What I think
2: is, let's just call a spade a spade. More than likely, Aaron Rodgers. Indirectly reached out to the nighters and said, "Come get me." That's well, how Rogers it kind of
1: and Jim Lynch have the same agent.
2: Okay, so there's some back channel work, and so it kind of came even, out of is nowhere. That even a
1: back channel, <laughs> I mean.
2: But it it also felt like this isn't something that like built up. Like there's some rumblings, and in, in late March, leading into early April, it was like two days before the draft, they get a text or a call, like, "Bro, Aaron Rodgers wants in," and Aaron's sitting drinking his cocktail, like, "I'm gonna fuck with Goody and the Packers." It was, let's face it, Rodgers created this whole stir. The Niners didn't think of this out. Like, they would never have called if Rodgers didn't, you know, uh, alert them. <laughs> and I don't blame LaFleur for being like, fuck, you I'm not trading. Under the, the last team, I, I don't care what what happens this weekend, what rumors come. Brian Gutekins and Matt LaFleur will get fired before, I don't care how many picks, how many Trey Lances and Jimmy Garoppolo... They will never, ever, in a million years, especially because there's no owner that will ever force their hand, trade Aaron Rodgers to the San Francisco 49ers. That's just, that's never been an option. No matter, obviously, I think Aaron would have wanted it. I, I do think he, you know, it made sense. Like, jump to the Niners. Like, you know, it will never happen. Do you agree with that? Like, they, they I, would, I would say fire me before I said, hey, Kyle, here, give me four ones and Trey Lance.
1: Uh, yes, to th- there the, I would agree with you. The only way it would ever even be considered is if those guys think Trey Lance is a generational quarterback, right? If they think he's the next, like we are sure he's the next Josh Allen, we'll have to eat it. But man, we're gonna hold it over their heads for the next fifteen years. But what how could feel you, those uh,
2: the two games he played to have that thought and feel that confident getting well, rid of
1: the MVP of the league would
2: be impossible.
1: Yeah, to me, like you
2: don't. There's
1: only a handful of quarterbacks that anyone's ever re- like are you trading me Peyton Manning? Cause that's how I feel about Peyton Manning. Okay. Are you trading me Andrew luck? And even then, as you know, like these things are not guaranteed. It would be, um, uh, yeah, I, impossible. And I even think you one notch below that is them trading him anywhere else. You just say, I just don't think they're him. trading him. I mean, <laughs> this well, is a one farve. because well, the thing. Jordan love is not Aaron Rogers. Remember last year,
2: they had a they had an incredible season. They were awesome, thirteen and three, the number one seed for the first time. They were hosting the NFC Championship like they're doing again, but last year was the first time they'd done that in Aaron Rodgers' career. And then they had a devastating loss because the one thing I keep wrapping my head around, and I, listen, I'm not, I would not pick the Niners to win this week. I, I've, I it would be incredible if they did. It would be a moment that. It would be hard for Kyle to ever top it, you know, because even if next week they beat, a, you know, a Bucks team or a Rams team, people would believe they could win if they won this game. Like I, I think most people and I'm on several text chains. I'm sure you are, too. It's like people are pretty happy to be here. It Last week was incredible to win a playoff game. How murky it looked after the Titans game. How crazy it looked at halftime at SoFi. We're like 17 to 3. You're looking like, what is the Falcon score? Uh three to ten. Oh, we're fucked. You know? Everyone's thinking that. So he's you win this game, everyone would people would start thinking you can win the Super Bowl. But the one thing with Rodgers is he's kind of like if you were to lose this game and be, get beat by the Niners, I could see him then making it weird again on them and i i don't know what the the end result of that it means but i could just see him just making it weird again with some yeah of, and it know, could be something yet
1: to happen right it could be the game ends in a way where some like it did the last time where it was a decision to kick a field goal right
2: down um, eight
1: yeah with like three timeouts two minutes so I, I, think I think that's like a good point that's a good point i wonder if that comes into the decision making like let's not do anything to make Aaron weird uh, over well the, the the, of this game cuz i keep thinking about the, and you felt it last
2: week. The intensity of the playoffs is it's like Game 7 because it's just football. It's one and done. There is no tomorrow. And like the
1: all the pressure's on the Packers. Well, that's like, what everyone – but see, I'm glad you said that because I've gotten multiple texts like that. Like, all the pressure's on them. It's like, okay, well.
2: Well, you don't want to lose. And once you're in the game, if you're up – 10 to 7 in the fourth quarter. You don't I want to. I feel like lose. all the
1: pressure was on the Cowboys uh, at the end of that game. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, but once you have a lead, then the pressure's on you.
2: But going into the game, you do agree the pressure is on the Packers to win. They're the number one overall
1: seed. They have the MVP of the league. I mostly agree with that. But I also will say, not fully tongue-in-cheek. Like I kind of I mean this. When you're in the Elite Eight, like when you think of it that way, I think it's easy to think of it like you just won one game, cool. When you look at the bracket. And go. You're in the elite eight. You win one more game, and you're in the conference championship game. That feels very different because, uh, like, I don't. You you heard Kyle Shanahan, Alex Mack before the Rams game, like told talk to the team about how he. What was it? He didn't go to the playoffs till a sixth year in the league, or maybe he'd been longer than that. Whatever it was for him,
2: we started on the Browns, right? So he didn't win, he didn't win anything for a while. So just when you're in this
1: spot, yeah, I guess yes the Packers have more pressure they're the one seed but I just think anytime you're in this position you just you don't know how many times you're going to be in this spot there's a lot of pressure on
2: you let's just focus on the NFC if we did the pressure rankings I think by far like I I got news for you Tom Brady now he has pressure because every single year they're trying to win the Super Bowl he's Super Bowl bust but if he loses this weekend They just won the Super Bowl last year. He's won seven. The team, the Tampa Bay now has become a power. You know, the Rams, like Matt Stafford, that was his first ever playoff victory. The Packers are clearly, this guy has only won one Super Bowl. You and I talked about it forever with Peyton Manning. It's like, God, Peyton Manning is too good of a quarterback to only have one Super Bowl. And finally, he got it, and he didn't even get it in the peak of his powers. But it, as time has gone on, no one even cares. Like he's a multiples. To me, Aaron Rodgers falls under the Peyton Manning category, Elway category, Joe Montana, Tom Brady. Like he should have multiple Super Bowls. And now he's again, like last year, in the driver's seat, big favorite now six. But I also think you got to factor in the Niners coming off a short week now, so you get a short week. Their best player is in concussion protocol. You're at home in Lambeau. I, I, I do believe I'm with you. Like every team this weekend, probably beside the Bengals, is thinking like we're in house money. And I bet even if you were sitting here having a you know Gatorade with Joe Burrow today on Tuesday afternoon, he's planning on winning the game. But to me, there is a tangible, just uh, pressure vibe on the Packers. Which when when they're winning, you don't feel it. You're rolling. But when you when you start losing a little bit. You know, because unlike the Cowboys, there were like questions: Are they mentally tough enough? Can they physically hang? Are they well coached enough? To me, the Packers are like: Can they win a the Super Bowl? <laughs> like that's yeah. that's just the con- it's not like do they have the guys? Yeah,
1: they do. Like I think it's now. I think it's it never comes up with Rodgers, or I shouldn't say never. It doesn't really come up that that much with Rodgers. The word legacy, for whatever reason, I think because people just already talk about him like one of the greatest ever, which he is. But I think it's partly that. I also think it's partly it just always feels like the Packers one little bit of wind could throw them off course because of because of Aaron, right? Like, is something bad going to happen? They lose, and then Aaron creates another problem for them. So it's partly that. Like, there is this tension, I think, that lies underneath the Packers. I mean, him and Devontae Adams did a – you remember like eight years ago when the last dance was uh, taking the world by storm? Devontae and Aaron – it was not that long ago – but Devontae and Aaron. And half. I mean, there was like the last little. the last dance. Wasn't that the last dance post? Devonte and Aaron Rodgers, Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan.
2: Well, because wasn't it that was Aaron going to show up at training camp or not? And yeah. then he finally shows up and like that day they or maybe the night before they both post it. <laughs> wasn't that it? Yeah. I mean, Devontae's his Even he said he's Devontae's is the best player he's ever played with. That's to me at the Cowboys did not have. They had some equal, like, I think CeeDee Lamb's a star, even though he didn't do anything. Obviously, Parsons, who's young. I mean, they got some really good players. But the Niners, even, and definitely once the game plays, like, the Niners had the better players. Like, this, like, they have clearly the better quarterback. And they would, you would say, Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the league. So it's just easier for him, like, if Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the league, ultimately, like, you can move guys to the other side and stuff. Like, you, they could, they can just throw it to Devonte like every play, <laughs> and they kind of did last game, right? He had a
1: huge. Well, game. they also threw it the over the top to Valdez Scantling and over the top to Alan Lazard, and they they targeted twenty seven. So they, Devon- they Devonte had, yeah, I mean twelve for one thirty two. That's he got knocked out of the game, and then he remember he came back. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was halfway through the fourth quarter. He got hit. I thought it was over. Across and the middle. Across the middle and came back and had the big catch before the the game-winning field goal. Um, I watched it
2: tonight. I, I had forgotten when Kyle said... Uh, I think Eric Branch is like, well, you guys had 81 yards in pass interference. And Kyle was like, no, we actually had 116 yards. So they, yeah, I think, know the number.
1: I think 81 was the accepted number of penalt- penalty yards. Because if you check the box score, it was 81. So that's where that came from. But yeah, I think it was 116.
2: So some of those are like uh, the guy caught it.
1: Yeah, I don't remember... I didn't watch the last. I haven't Didn't watch like the last minute, but. Um, well, they definitely on the on the game winning drive. Just, maybe. they just hit the two plays, right? That's right. He just hit the play. I think that he was when Devontae.
2: One, didn't Devontae come back from the concussion and hit the sweet play over the middle?
1: Right over Fred Warner's fingertips.
2: We, you know, I'm not exactly Belichick here with a uh, zone defense concepts, but it's pretty clear that their linebackers for being really athletic. Are always really close in zone defense, but a little off.
1: <laughs> By the way, unrelated to any of that, you know how old Aziz Al-Shire is? Twenty-four. Yeah, younger than he looks because he's got the big like thirty-eight-year-old arm brace on. But you know, FAU, I think, undrafted was coming off an ACL his senior year. He tore his ACL his last year of college, so his first year in the NFL was his first recovery year. Then his next year was 2020, and now here he is, 2021, like a legitimately good football player. Like, well, they got value. Trust me, I
2: mean their linebacking core. Fred's 25. Those two guys are 24. Him and Greenlaw. That's pretty good little group. Yeah, they're flying around, crushing folks.
1: Yeah, this, uh, this really is the matchup that we Cowboys Niners from like I think a just a historical 90s Cowboys Packers. Look at this note. Since 1980, this was in the Niners preview for this week. The most playoff games played since 1980, the Patriots 55, the Niners 48, the Packers 44, and the Steelers 44. And there's we could go through division wins, playoff wins, obviously Super Bowl wins, which heavily weights the 80s. The Niners and the Packers are near each other, near the top of more lists than the Niners and the Cowboys are. Well, we were talking, obviously last week
2: we talked a lot about it. You and I were bullshitting before we jumped on. To me, this is a rivalry. And a rivalry is created by how many times you actually play a team, right? I mean, part of the reason the Warriors and LeBron became a rivalry is they played each other every year. Aaron Rodgers, who you know has basically for the last decade been a top two or three player in the league, you know, it rotated a little bit—him, Manning, Brady, whatever. They've played him. This is going to be the fourth time they've played Aaron Rodgers in a playoff game, and two of the two of the last. They've played him in the championship. I guess they've only played him in the NFC championship the one time, but they've played him in this round. They played him in the wild card round the one time in the cold game. They played him in the NFC the second round one time, and they're obviously playing him this year in the second round again. Like, it's, it's a big deal. Four times in a decade? That's a lot, guy. I
1: mean, that's- yeah, I, I think it's, it's frequency. Like you said, it's also did you take something from somebody? Like, you have to take something. You know, it can't be one sided. And this thing is not one sided. They well, beat him every time he's never beat the 49ers in the yeah, playoffs but 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 like the Niners he beat I I think when you you're right in the playoff way it is one-sided but like if you go back watch don't turn the game off today until the game post handshake the nine the the Packers are celebrating not like a week three win celebration
2: well remember how high he jumped on the sideline I remember that watching Aaron. the game live Aaron jumped when uh what's his name hit the kick who had
1: you know he's not as quite as shaky as Dallas's
2: Mason guys Crosby. but he He's missed some kicks over the last couple of years.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. It is and from a playoff standpoint, it is one sided.
2: What do you think the reason? My, my question would be: the reason they celebrated that game. Part of it is because they took you know the Niners had taken the lead, so they had to
1: drive the field. You know,
2: totally. uh, it's a big deal to beat the Niners. I mean, it, at but the time, uh, it Niners felt like viewed. it meant
1: like they they're like they're not on the ground dogpiling, but they are. NCAA tournament jumping around. We just hit a buzzer beater in the end zone celebration. That was we- – so the Niners were 2-0,
2: huh? That was yeah, week three. Packers were that 1-1. Big, that was a big game for Green Bay. Yeah,
1: it was. It was. Then the Niners just started rattling off Ls. Well, I mean, I, th- it's part of why I think the Niners are underrated coming into this game a little bit. I think the Packers are very good. I think Devontae is terrifying. I think what we saw with the secondary last time – I know the nine, there's all the talk about, oh, you know, Kyle Shanahan got asked, your secondary is improved, and it has. But I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, you don't play them every week. They are part of what, you know, expose you a little bit. And there were some forgotten things in that game, like, you know, Trey Lance was the, uh, Trey Lance, well, Trey Lance scored a touchdown. Trey Sermon was the starting running back in that game. That was the third worst rushing performance the Niners had all year. From a yards per carry, they were three point two yards per carry. Two of the three worst rushing performances they had were games that Trey Sermon started, and he had a couple of good runs and he scored a touchdown in that game. But Elijah Mitchell was not available. Jeff Wilson Jr. was not available. Debo was still a month and a half away from like becoming a a, a wide back. Is that what you call that we called himself a wide, a wide? I mean, he yeah. ran the ball a couple times on like rounds there, but he was it was different. So I think that's the first reason the Niners are a little underrated this week. Their run game is much better than it was well, then. They,
2: they they lose
1: Saturday night if they rush for six, seven yards, right? It's Yeah, It's <laughs> they don't have a shot. They have to be this version of themselves. And, you know, the Packers are not a great run-stopping team. I think the other thing, Bosa was big in that game. Even though he didn't get a sack, he was everywhere. The Niners' ability to rush the passer has just, I think, gotten better and better and better every week, it feels like. So... I think they're now the Packers are probably he, he, better. As of right now, he's no lock. You just even Kyle's like, they
2: ask him, he's like, I think he'll be ready, but you never know with cut. You just do not know. No, you no, know? nope. that Concussion would be a protocol. major blow if he's not able to clear. It would be I, I mean, he clearly, was, but I'm yeah. just saying, like, that would be it's one thing the momentum of a game like last week. If you
1: said Nick Bosa's not able to play, I'd be like, that's that's tough. <laughs> Somebody in the chat, a couple of people in the chat are saying Ayuk wasn't was in the doghouse. Watch a game. I don't know what the I didn't even bother with the box score. Ayuk made some impactful plays in that game, the first game. Touch four for thirty seven and a touchdown. Yeah, and they were he made a couple. He made a big third down catch, so he was good in that game. Um, but you know, I I think I think they're underrated because of how if you use the first game as some kind of indication, the Packers are 29th and. Defensive yards per game. They're 28th in defensive rushing uh, DVOA. Sorry, 29th in defensive yards per carry per game. So uh, it's not their strength. It's not their strength. The Niners must have had a fumble in that
2: game too, huh? So Jimmy had a pick and a fumble? Jimmy had –
1: it was the throw, try and pull it down, it goes backwards, weird fumble, yeah. You remember the play against the Cowboys where he threw the ball to Elijah Mitchell into the screen? <laughs> he had a similar play. It was different, but like airmails ma- air a ball to Debo as the defenders bearing down, and Debo's eight yards behind the line of scrimmage.
0: Yeah,
2: his completion percentage on guys five to eight yards behind the line of scrimmage that are going to lead to uh, you know second and seventeen on a completion is really high. Like he he leads the league. He's nobody's better at uh, completing a ball on first and 10 that leads to seven, second and 16 yeah, and getting credit for a completion. You know, he, they, they did get, even he tried the one to Kittle. Luckily that thing hit the ground. That would have been a disaster. I yeah. mean, that might've been the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I think having Elijah and Elijah Mitchell back and Debo, as I, I think the is Niners should hope
2: it's, it snows, right? It, they, they want the conditions to be shitty. I think that that is where historically teams like the 49ers yeah, you know, if you're just built on running the ball and playing defense, I was listening to uh, to Rick Spielman, DJ. They had him on, you know, the GM that for the Vikings that just got fired, and they were talking about just like he's like, yeah, I just sat and watched games last week, and he's talking about like top ten quarterbacks. And then it, and DJ's like, yeah, we amended, uh, we amended the way you have to have a top ten quarterback to win playoff games, unless Kyle Shanahan's calling offense for you. And even Rick was like, you know, the one thing Jimmy just on big spots like the. Uh, He was he yeah obviously he wasn't talking about Kirk Cousins, but I think his subtle digs on Kirk Cousins is like, you know, obviously you want a top five, 10 quarterback, but you also need a guy if he's not a top 10 quarterback, if the guy can just be successful in key spots and he would just say Jimmy can be on like third and eight, like he can complete a ball in a tie game in a fourth quarter to George Kittle on third and eight where that's where like the bottom 15 quarterbacks sometimes they crumble in that situation. To me, if Jimmy, if they can run the ball and Jimmy can just be on the situational football solid, they have a chance to win it. It starts with running the football, and then then it goes with Jimmy, you know, just being good in the situational spots, like on second and eight, on that ball when he runs. You know, it was rolling out that he threw the pick in Dallas. Like I would say, when Jimmy's good, sometimes he just doesn't pull the trigger. You know, but he does never throws it away. <laughs> That is not Jimmy. It player. hit me he's when we watched
0: that
1: play. Like He never throws it away. He's not a throwaway quarterback. Usually the ball's out of his hands, too. He's not normally in that spot, just like hanging out, out by the numbers, right? Rolling out. The ball's usually out
2: or he's yeah, gets you, sacked. Yeah, you could say... Or he runs or like forward. Josh Allen and Mahomes, right? When they keep plays alive, you're like in a good spot. I would say the longer Jimmy has to keep the play alive, it's when it gets scarier, right? When he's kind of scrambling and pointing, you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Are <laughs> you sure everyone's doing? Kyle's just like... Throw the ball to the ground. <laughs> you know that's where to me, and you're not you know leopard doesn't change his spots, right? Jimmy's a thirty year old veteran now, but to me the number one key thing you're talking about all week is like we cannot the, the turnover battle. Just looking at the stats from the they lost thirty to twenty eight and they lost the turnover battle two to nothing. Like you just, I would say the thing with Kyle and Jimmy over the last several years, it's crazy how often they're losing the turnover battle and still competing. Like that that is like you were talking about LaFleur, how it really is hard to judge him. Like he has this guy who's like one of the greatest quarterbacks ever, who literally does not turn the ball over at all.
1: Best in the league.
2: Of like all time. Who's that good? Cause you just look at like Manning stats, Brady stats, like those guys throw some picks. This guy, fucking guy, does not throw picks. How many picks does he have the last couple of years? Remember, even the year they got Jordan Love, he had like three picks that year. He does not throw interceptions. I swear to God, I, I mean, if you just watch football, you end up watching a lot of Rodgers. I feel like he doesn't even throw that many interceptable balls.
1: Uh, he's thrown this year four, last year five. He's thrown double-digit interceptions twice in his career, not since 2010. That was the last time he did it. So since LaFleur's been there, he's four, five, and four. He's thrown
2: eight. What's eight plus five? Thirteen. How many picks did Jimmy Garoppolo have this year? 13? Probably 13. Yeah, so Aaron Rodgers in the last three years has thrown thirteen interceptions. I think Trevor Lawrence had a, had like a seven game stretch where he threw thirteen interceptions this year. That's pretty incredible. I don't, you know, here's the other you thing. Feel though. like he throws that many balls into compromising spots when you watch? No,
1: <laughs> they get a lot of guys wide open. I, I don't feel like he throw. He he might be the le- the less the least the least stressful thrower. Are you yeah, ever stressed once he lets it go? Jimmy threw 12. So Aaron, one more over three years span. Is that just regular season stat? Or does that include the uh, Cowboy game? I guess we're not counting Aaron's postseason though. Yeah, regular season 12. Yeah. Um. Now the other thing was, if you go back and watch it, the Packers actually effectively ran the ball, especially early in that game. I remember watching and then re-watching. The run game for them was not terrible. And they were getting some chunks early that kind of opened my eyes a little bit. And they can run the football. Like, that's – like, the Niners are not – that's just part of playing your guy, right? LaFleur and for Shanahan, the Niners aren't the only ones that have – like, you would think Aaron would be, you know, second or third in the league. I mean, they were two fifty eight a game passing. Like, they run the ball relative to their ranks. Like, they're ranked higher as a running team in terms of just gross yardage than they are as a passing team. You remember when the Jordan
2: Love draft happened? They got double shit on. Everyone destroyed the Jordan Love pick and just the the drama that it brought. But then in the second round, Gutekinds drafted A.J. Dillon, this like big, thick, you know, who was the guy that used to play, uh, played for Seattle for a little bit. Jamel Hill said I was calling him fat. Eddie Lacy.
1: Eddie Lacy, yeah.
2: And this guy was this big, powerful guy out of Boston College. And everyone was shitting on the Packers. And I remember I had a friend who's like, bro, this guy's good. I don't know. And then they had Jamal Williams, who's now in the Lions, who was gonna be a free agent, you know, that year. So they needed some reinforcements. If you've watched AJ Dillon this year, guy is a load. And Aaron Jones is clearly just you would say their second best skill guy. Devontae's one, he's two. This guy is really good. And the one thing, LaFleur, where I give him a lot of credit, and I know a lot of people question like how good really is he with Aaron Rodgers, he's instituted the Shanahan run game. And Aaron's bought into it and it's led him to winning back-to-back NBA. Like their their offense is so well balanced. And I think A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, they like complement each other perfectly. One guy, I would say Aaron Jones is more of a true like Shanahan guy, one cut, can catch the ball, just a really good player, just a all-around good running back. I would say AJ Dillon's a little bit like of a throwback of a guy like in the '90s. You would see just like low in his shoulder, you know, kind of chubby and just but athletic as shit and breaking tackles. Like he's now the Niners. You would say they got three sweet linebackers that can all tackle. Their D line just causes havoc. The run game they they feel pretty confident playing teams that want to run it. They're actually you would say much less equipped to face a team that wants to like Mahomes and Andy like in a dome in a Super Bowl. That would be a problem
1: yeah, but if I told you both teams just run the hell out of the ball, who does that favor?
2: No, I'm that's what you want. But I'm saying the Packers, if they're smart, like you just like last game, they only you run for hundred yards to keep some balance in your offense, but you went throwing the ball. Like you take you can you get Devonte on Ambry? Can you get Devonte even Mosley? Like I like Mosley, but he's not a lockdown corner. you know like you can go like Devonte Adams can get hundred fifty on him pretty easily.
1: yeah. can you get CJ. Goodwin on Josh Norman? Just broke him off, John. Great route. C.J. Goodwin has never caught a pass in the NFL until he caught the uh, fake punt for the Cowboys the other day. Sorry, didn't mean to uh, get off track there. Uh, uh, well, Hightower said it was a great route. Great right? route. Well, this guy's never caught. He's been targeted once in his life.
2: What did you think about Hightower's comments about uh, last week a couple plays were just a little bump in the road?
1: Yeah, I, did I didn't f- appreciate that. <laughs> I thought it would was in uh, an, an accurate description.
2: What what would you say a bump in the road special teams game would be like a couple missed tackles maybe.
1: A bump in the road yeah a, a bump in the road um poor snap or something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know a if there's such a thing as a bump in the road in a playoff game with special teams. Well, in like a game that came down to the a team spiking the ball at the 20-yard line with 1 second left, no seconds left like there's no bump in the road. Every play bump in the road is week seven. Is a bump in the road. Something bump in the road. Anything that happens in a playoff game is just.
2: But you could even argue non-playoff game. If you give up a fake punt
1: for a first down, that's a pretty big moment in a tight game. That's what I mean. Like, like there's, I don't even know what a bump in the road would be. Bump in the road maybe is like you try eight field goals. One of them, there's like a weird snap, but you still get it down and it works. But I, I, Nothing that fails can be a bump in the road in a playoff game. You know what I mean? So the trajectory has been, with the units has been pointing up. Well, I do think – you know, Trent Cannon had a really good return in the first Packer game. Look fast. He almost it, returned it for a touchdown. It was the, the kicker stopped him.
2: Was it the following week then against Seattle where he does the double uh, fumbles, I think?
1: Yeah. Because they played back-to-back primetime games, right, against those two teams. Seattle was primetime also. If, if I'm right? going to
2: be a –
1: yeah, if I'm going to be a high tower defender –
2: I can live with uh, roughing the punter. Now, I you know, in a game, you have a lead in the second half. That's probably one of, like, hey, guys, do we want to be super aggressive? You could argue the semantics on, like, is it the time to be being aggressive? Yes. But, like, you, you would always want your teams to lean being aggressive. Now, you could argue, like, McCarthy said the same thing. as guys were jumping off sides every other play for the defense. Well, I mean, line. Randy so, Gregory
1: was very aggressive in the game, yes.
2: To me, a fake punt when... I, and it's a pretty obvious fake punt where everyone's like, they're probably faking it sometime here, guys,
1: they knew it was coming. (laughs) They kept their defense on the field. I mean, they give them credit. I'm not being sarcastic. They'd self scouted like they know, right? Yeah. It's just, it's, you know,
2: there are a lot of McDaniel clips going viral. I think this week. And I, I think a lot, a large reason is because he's kind of in the mix right now. And you know, Other teams, you know, just being a part of like coaching searches, if you're on the side of the coaching search, you're like, let's do some investigative research on what this guy sounds like. And he's got some just great moments. And everything is like he gave one today that went viral that was like the reason why they block so well. He's like, everyone doesn't understand the reason we block so well. He's like, the reason we block so well because we have a period on Thursday and then we reshow it on Friday and we make an emphasis in the meetings where we show the run period with the wide receivers blocking. He's like, you get what you emphasize. And I just, I Kyle is such a smart coach and he clearly is just, the guys love him. He's what he, you know, he's the offensive coordinator, but clearly what he stands for on defense carries over. He does not give a shit about special teams. Now, maybe this season, he doesn't have time to worry about it. His evolution as a coach is he has to figure out. And it's, it, to me, it's not just like you hire Rich Piscotia or you know, Brand, you know, uh, Brad Seeley or whoever, some sweet, a bunch of coaches have been fired. You hire Joe Judge, whatever. You have to emphasize it. Like I, I think the defensive guys know that Like Jimmy Ward knows Like Kyle is on me to make plays. I, I I would imagine the special teams like they just don't even think he's paying attention. Like it has to start with him. It, it just it, it, he has to just make it feel like those guys think it matters to him because I think the defensive guys, even though he does not call defensive p- plays, feel that defense matters to Kyle Shanahan. The special teams clearly is just thrown to the side, and he even said as much.
1: <laughs> he just when they I, drafted I Mitch Wisnowski. No, I'm saying.
2: Like no, I'm not being funny. Week. Like when
1: they drafted Mitch, he's like, "I hope I never have to watch special that that." Again. Oh yeah, he's admitted it. Do you agree though? He needs to. I think at least. My th- guess is John they emphasize it. My guess. Trent Williams talked to the special teams group last week, so he's using some curveballs, having stuff like that happen. My guess is they he's trying to adapt on the fly, and will not, I will not make that mistake again. Yeah. Who whose idea do you think it was for Trent to talk? I mean, either Trents or. Would Kyle pick Trent Williams to go talk to the special teams unit? It's kind of an interesting. He's just a leader, so
2: leaders do leader things. Well, I I could also see just like it's one special teams is the one that you're like really you know it's less about plays and schematics and more just heart and effort. Yeah, where you just like get our biggest badass to get in front and give the I've never been here, give whatever you take. He, he's not enough. even even Kyle's like yeah you know he's probably never played special teams in his life. I think it's one of those just kind of scare everyone. Like we better be on our P's and Q's. If you, I I would bet $500 right now that that's just one of those late night Kyle's Like, what can I do? What can I do? What can I do? Like, fuck, just have Trent get in front of him and just like give him a little rah, rah. And he goes to Trent, like, Hey man, could you, this is a fucking, could you say something to these guys? He's like, fuck yeah, I'll say whatever you want me to say. And I give him credit for trying, but that's, that's the type thing where, and again, Belichick's way older and coach special teams and Coughlin's coach special teams. It's something that starts in the off season. Like, Kyle, you just got to go to a special teams meeting. Like, you got to right. maybe not be playing. And listen, I I
1: don't World. blame you. I
2: play grab ass at practice, but like playing grab ass with John Lynch oh, with during the special
1: teams period. <laughs> he, he talks to Diva all the time.
2: <laughs> during special teams. Do you think just Kyle anyone- needs to
1: run down on special teams the
2: way he throws passes. Do you think it's easier for Bill to be on special teams because he's coached special teams
1: and so he knows the value of yes. it and it matters to him? Absolutely. I think it's always easier to criticize something you... I mean, it's easy to criticize something you don't know. Don't get me wrong. But if you're really looking the people in the eye, they know very quickly if you don't know what you don't know. For And I think Shanahan, probably the stuff he knows, he really knows inside and out, right? He can talk run game with Alex Mack. He can talk it with uh, uh, Emmett Smith. He can talk with anybody. Special teams probably he's not as comfortable doing that. And so he doesn't, maybe. I don't know.
2: For well, a, in, in my experience around is. Coach Reed, I, I, I'm i not trying to act like it's not normal what Kyle's doing. I, Andy wasn't like losing sleep over like being a special teams practice. But I'd say this, what he did in Kansas City is he went and hired Dave Tobe, who, you know, our guy Cameron Worrell played for him. I think he's widely considered, like him and Harbaugh, the best special teams coaches. And I I'm not even trying to act like Andy's – Big into it now. But clearly he hired the best guy, paid him a lot of money, and they've had just had a good unit, right? So if Kyle, if, if worst case scenario, if you're not going to even attempt, and I it, listen, if he doesn't want to do it, you do need to be like, well, hey, can we take 1.5 million and go hire Rich, go hire whoever, Joe Judge, right? Say what you want about Joe Judge. Like he did coach special teams for Bill Belichick. I would say one thing for Joe Judge, he knows special teams. You, you do, if you're not going to fuck with it, You better place a premium because you're too good. Like, it's clear. You're too good. You got too many good players. You're going to be in too many of these big games. You naturally play in just batshit crazy games anyway. (laughs) So did Harbaugh. And it was a huge point of difference. Well, at one time, and no one even blamed him. It was like kind of a freak deal. The guy just couldn't catch the punts, right?
1: Kyle Williams, yeah. I mean, remember what Dante Whitner told us? We asked him. He's like, you know, he brought up the Harbaugh teams. Like, the best players of those mm-hmm. Niner teams Played on special teams Now that's hard You've had a bunch of injuries This year COVID The Niners can't get One or two returners I mean every game It's two different guys Returning punts right That's but, a Belichick thing And Brad learned that From Belichick And I bet right, Harbaugh loved it I, it's Something to be said for it Now it's tough Like I don't You
2: know You're gonna
1: put Al here And Fred Warner covering You got him. Al Shires out there Being held together By plastic <laughs> <laughs> So, Green
2: pulling pulling hammies, running down, covering I mean,
1: kickoffs. A gro- 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 groin, it's always something. Um, and I'm. it's just a tough spot. I get I get why it's hard to do that. I, I do get John, before we go any further, let's tell the people about Indeed. Indeed, Indeed, Indeed. Indeed.com slash ham. Well, right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit when you upgrade your post at Indeed.com slash ham. Listen, man, if you're hiring or ladies...
2: Uh, you need Indeed, because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality candidates that meet your must-have requirements. And it's it's so easy, guy. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right job skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. With instant match, as soon as you sponsor a post at Indeed.com slash ham, you get a short list of quality candidates with resumes on indeed that match your job description and you can invite them to apply right away. Plus you only pay for quality applications
1: uh, that meet your must have requirements. No big deal. Nope. I mean, think about the process right now. You think Mark Davis could use indeed.com slash ham If Harbaugh doesn't take his job, how is he going to do all this stuff? How is he going to get the people that do exactly what he needs? And how is he going to get to the bottom of it? Right. You got to attract, you got to interview, you got to hire, you got to do it all in one place. You think you think the Vikings could use Indeed? They're trying to interview D'Amico Ryans while he's preparing on a short week for a playoff game? Don't like that. I mean, everything you do is about people evaluation, putting the right people in your life, bringing the right people around you into your company. I wish you could just take this to the bar and go Indeed.com slash ham and start sifting through friends when you're freshman year in college trying to figure out who should I hang with, which one of my roommates isn't insane. Uh, but you can't. But when you're hiring, you can And that's why you do it at indeed.com slash ham. They make it easier for the star applicants to shine with over 135 assessment tests from cooking to coding, baby. Indeed.com slash ham. Yep. Get it before uh, March 31st.
2: Indeed.com slash ham $75 job credit. Indeed.com slash ham.
0: Yeah. Prize picks is where it's at prize picks America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 5 million users. I've been using it and telling you about it for months. It's the most fun and exciting way to get in on the action while you watch your favorite sports and players. We're not going to talk about my Otani-less season-long pick quite yet on his home run total. You just pick more or less of two or more player stats for a shot to win up to 100 times your cash. For example, this week on Prize Picks, you can go... Anthony Edwards, more than 29 points, and Nikola Jokic, more than 10 rebounds. Playoff time is the time to join because star players mean more on prize picks. Keep an eye out for the starred players on the board, and you could receive a 10% payout boost if they're in your winning lineup. So, right now, download the Prize Picks app and use the code HAM50 for a first deposit match of up to $100. Prize Picks, code HAM50, first deposit match up to $100. Price picks. Pick more. Pick less. It's that easy. ButcherBox.com slash ham and another special deal. Free for a year. You get salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips in every order for a year, plus an additional 20 bucks off right now at ButcherBox.com slash ham. Been telling you about it for years. Been eating it for years on a regular basis. Easily find high-quality meat and seafood You can trust 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork-raised, crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. Always be prepared with meat in the freezer when you get butcherbox.com slash ham delivered right to your doorstep with free shipping. ButcherBox is offering you
2: Just buy a pair of tickets to any baseball game. They also have comedy shows if you want to check one of those out, or concerts. Game time app, promo code HAM. Save yourself $20. We don't even need a thank you. Just hammer that promo code. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily
1: find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile
0: for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I mean, I, could, wouldn't you love to break down a film the day you met your college roommate's
1: freshman year? Did you live uh, in the
2: dorms, or what was the deal at Cal Poly? Yeah, I lived in the dorms. Yeah, there were, so a couple guys from Novato. Remember meeting this Grant from San Diego. I had you know Travis and Fry, a couple guys that we went to high school with, were right there too. But it was, yeah, I can't even. Doesn't that feel like a different world ago? Isn't that weird? I mean, it's not. We're not that far away, guy. Fall of 03, twenty years ago. I know. I know. Twenty years ago, we were headed into those little. What would I have to pay you right now to spend six months in a dorm, even if it was oh. by yourself? Could
1: you? Oh. Could you do it? I well, drove I by, it by. I myself. drove by the Sequoia. There, you know, it's Fresno State. It's right off of Shaw Avenue, and I was back for uh, Christmas, going to see Alyssa's family, and I drove by the, uh, the 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 Sequoia. Was the the dorms? We were in the suites. I was late to get my application in, and so at the last minute, they opened up the handicap suite. So that's where I was. We had a lot of extra room. The hallways were wide. The bathroom was wide. The, everything was wheelchair accessible in our dorm uh, room. Big shitters. Four, yeah, so much space. Roll <laughs> in, you know, like walk in shower. It was four guys, two in each room, two bunk beds in each room. But the living room was huge. We had a, a foosball table, bean bag. First floor, of the door was always open. It was just a stream of people, nonstop. And um, was that the dude on the Brewers? Brother was in your in that group. Uh, no, no. He was not in my uh, – uh, Steve my Steve Braun, Ryan's brother, was not in my dorm. Steve and I lived together year two. We got a house. Was on Steve team. on the baseball team? Steve was on the baseball team, yeah.
2: gotcha um So you didn't but, have uh, – like in my dorm, we had, I think, like, you know, six and six showers. So every shower was like kind of like a little shitter. You know, when you go in, there's like five or six at a game. Everyone's shower. You can see everyone's feet next to you. It's just – I guess you just become normalized to it. Like you just walk in, there's like seven guys with towels, shaving. It's just like, but after a while, it's just part of the deal. And then you look Absolutely. back, like, how did I do this? It's like a camp they, that lasts for a year. Anyway, where, where, where'd you guys play hoops? Rec uh, or like the little, the yeah, other right.
1: gym that we used to play. Now that the, the older, the uh, North gym is where we would play. That's where the intramural. League, when, that's I, where the crazy when I got ballers, there, it's where the crazy the new- ballers won their championship. <laughs>
2: Because when I got there, the rec center was relatively new. It was pretty sweet. And
0: yeah, it
1: wasn't there, I think, my freshman year. The new rec center. Yeah, The new rec center wasn't bad. Yeah, but you played the North Gym. Oh, We played in the North Gym. Oh, yeah, the North the Gym is like just shitty old gym that feels yeah. good to play pickup hoops in. We actually had, we, to get us back to football, we had one of our neighbors, her name was Turk. We, I don't know what her real name is. We called her Turk. She would uh, carry a big boombox everywhere. So we actually kind of had the Niners assistant strength coach for our intramural basketball warmups, she would walk out with the boombox while uh, we did warmups. You start? Uh, I did not. No, but we won you the championship. <laughs> I came off the bench. <laughs> yep. Good anyway, um, so Jimmy Garoppolo, John spoke to the media today. The Niners practiced with Garoppolo's throwing thumb and now a sprained throwing shoulder. By the time the media was asked to leave practice. No one had thrown yet, so we don't know how he threw, but we do know that it's a problem for him. He said as much, asked which one hurts more on Tuesday. He said yes. So is there any part of you that wonders wonders if Jimmy Garoppolo will be the starting quarterback against the Packers on Saturday night? Uh no. I mean, I just I'm at the point now where I expect him to play,
2: but I mean he's clearly banged up. And when he gave the description how he hurt his shoulder, is because he didn't want to hurt his thumb, right? He's going down, and I've never broken a hand or had a cast, but you know people with splints or whatever, when they're going down on it, they have to roll. He kind of did that the way he described it, and he went down. Obviously, you have less of a length to fall if you put your hand down. Well, he put his elbow down because he didn't want to fall on his throwing hand. Then it jams his elbow, and it jams back up to his shoulder. Now, he claimed especially Kyle was pretty adamant that he's like, you have to ask Jimmy about the shoulder, th- making his throws look shitty. But I just basically say, I'm like, ah, it's just Jimmy's Sh- throw some shitty passes <laughs> and his velocity to me, even back to when he threw the only one I give him a little bit of a pass on is the Tennessee pick because the angle it gave in slow motion coming out of his hand looked really funny. Like his picks are spirals. They just usually really high. That one, remember was kind of like a wobbler. Yeah. It was like, he couldn't grip it. I, I, I'll be stunned. Like, I, do you expect, like, Trey Lance has been named the starter? Like, I, you know, that's... I'd be... I would also be stunned. If yeah. Trey Lance was the... Let's say that Jimmy Garoppolo was out,
1: Trey Lance was starting, what would the line be? Well, some people suggest that it... You know, this morning, Jason McIntyre tweeted, major line movement because of this. The line surged to Green Bay minus six. Green Bay minus six actually just seems, seems like a reasonable line to me. Texted someone in SF about 90 minutes ago asking about Jimmy G. Lots of rumors, like may not start good. And then uh, uh, Rap Sheet, noted P.X.G. Uh, club owner went on McAfee's show talking, talking about it. You know that that still shot I got. You know he didn't hold it like that the whole time, but it's almost like they paid him to like pull the hat down once while he was on McAfee's show. Drew Honestly, Parsons- if you go on McAfee's show where there's 28,000 people watching at any given second. And you're not getting paired to wear whatever logo you're wearing. You are doing yourself a disservice. So hopefully Rap Sheet got himself at least a free set of clubs out of that. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, if if you told me right now Trey Lance is the starting quarterback in this game, I'd say the line is 12. I don't think I see. I don't know. You were going to go double figures. Do you think they could win with Trey Lance starting quarterback?
2: I wouldn't. Yeah,
1: do I think they could? Yes, I do think they could. I do in think they could. Game, I, In a playoff game is third starting his career on the I, road in Lambeau. I think they could, yeah. I'm not saying I would I don't I'm not saying the odds are good, but I think they could. Yes. I saw some, you know, I follow I have that much faith Packers. in Kyle's run game.
2: I saw a couple of people with the Packers, they like, you know, bloggers for the Packers, people that cover the Packers like, I think the Niners best chance to win this before it even got out that Jimmy was injured would be like them starting Trey Lance. I'm like guys, did you guys watch? I know you didn't the Texans game. Like let's let's not act like this guy's just you know Patrick Mahomes. You're two right now. This it could be it could be overwhelming. This guy has made two NFL starts. They have been rocky. Uh, listen, I, I am not some huge Jimmy defender, but I do I am on board now with Kyle. Understanding he makes you feel good going into a game that he can play NFL playoff games. It would it, The Texans game was hard for Trey Lance. This game would be very difficult.
1: You know, we had the discussion on the last podcast about um, like how many good plays does one bad play cancel? You know, is it like three good throws with one bad interception? A bad interception is worth a lot. If we go back, if we did a cut-up of the year of Niners on third down, there would be so many third and tens, third and elevens, third and eights that Garoppolo hit. Like, there's a lot of those. If you go back and watch the like high go, 30 yards, he had, they had a lot of like slants that go big. But I'm just talking about crunch time, big oh, yeah. moment, third and 11s. Go back and watch the last Packer Niner playoff game. Kaepernick hits a couple huge third and longs in that game. So ultimately, that is what is required of you in these games. Like, there's going to be some game where everybody standing at home can barely hold their bowels. And didn't you are got to step it. up and make a big play. Didn't Whitner
2: mention that? Like, go back and watch Kaepernick carried us. In and it wasn't spots. just,
1: I mean, it was some huge runs, but he had some big throws. He had some huge runs. Maybe people are saying that. I forget that game, to be honest with you. I might need to go back and watch that. I mean, if you watch him run, the way he can turn the corner and accelerate, even at the sideline, the field looked like absolute ass, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, maybe people, you know, they Kyle did put Trey Lance in a critical spot in the first meeting between these two. It was goal to go situation. They're down seventeen to nothing. The half is about to end. Garoppolo's about to get sacked, and I'll whisper, kind of grounds a pass that could have been flagged for as he's like in the grass because they had no timeouts. Two seconds left, and it's all or nothing. Shanahan's like he can kick the field goal, make it seventeen to three, or try and score. And he brings Trey Lance into the game, and he gets that huge. That was a sweet play. That was, was a sweet That's play. one of the highlight plays of the year. Just a one-off Debo, play. Debo wasn't on the field. Um, Ayuk the was, was not on the field. And it was, you know, just that, go that follow. Went tr- into, they went into halftime off that play, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was a big play.
2: Do you think they have plays for him now? Or, like, obviously last week they didn't need think to use him because they were winning? I kind
1: of think they do. But I also... Garoppolo... Yeah. I, Jimmy in the Reds... I mean, you... I don't know. I, I think you're okay with Jimmy in the red zone. I'm going to miss Jimmy. Are the number one. I said it last week, and you saw it. They put it on TV. Not me saying it. The Niners' number one red zone touchdown team in the league by percentage. So, you know, it's 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 it's, it's weird because it's not really a weakness of your team. No, but they have so many weapons, and they run the ball so well. Jimmy has right? more I mean, rushing touchdowns
2: than Trey Sermon. Well, Jimmy is a fantastic short yardage sneaker, except when he needs to let his offensive tackle. Get set now. You could argue, and you know, did we need
1: to shift them? Probably not, but would have gone down as one of the all time. If the Cowboys won that game, that specific play I think might get be worse than the interception.
2: Okay, let's say they win the game. Who are, Who's your number one culprit on that? Is it just Jimmy? You got to know you're a veteran quarterback. Do you need to shift Trent? Trent, like to me, that's a little Kylie, like that's a little much. You could just run the sneak, like it's unstoppable. I feel I, like the most Brady I, sneaks and we've all watched a lot of Patriot big games, there ain't no shifting or anything. It's like fucking mano a mano, I'm sneaking.
1: Yeah, yeah. And same with Jimmy. Like, they just do the sneak. He's great at the sneak. Really, a lot of credit. How do you, like quarterbacks, you know, you can't hit the quarterback, but clearly Brady over the years got was great at sneaks from the beginning, but they're kind of hard to practice because you don't want to put the quarterback in too much of a, let the breakdown with a coach how they practice sneaks.
2: It feels like there is a skill at like the, Probably a ten percent of a second where you hesitate, you let them get a little push, and then you go because you don't go right away. You gotta let them kind of take their initial explosion, and then you pick a lane, and then you go. Feels like Jimmy goes a little higher than Tom. I guess Jimmy can go low sometimes. Jimmy went high in the in the one that got flagged, didn't he? He kind of yeah. went. He was over like on the, max
1: back, kind of right. Yeah, I was, I was like, again,
2: actually a little close for my liking. It wasn't. He didn't just pick up a yard. He picked up like a half yard on that play, didn't he? Because he was high and they kind of. Uh, I thought right he got back. enough. I no, he, he got, got enough, but I'm yeah. just saying it wasn't. I mean, like... he only needed. Yeah, but sometimes I would say Jimmy sneaks gained like a yard and a
1: half. This was not one of those. You know, the other thing that happened in the first Packer game was the use check sneak worked. Which one? Oh, the where he got in. Which game did that fail in? Was that the? It was a home game against. Somebody in the chat might remember. Might have been the Colts. I want to say.
2: I want to say it was Indianapolis too. It was. Uh, it was bad. And then no one. We could text them and ask them what happened, but clearly, you know, no one really took like they didn't put it on one person or the other. It might have been like, wasn't he supposed to run the, the option?
1: Game? Wasn't he supposed to run the option or something? And he just I went. But it worked in the first. It, it, that was one of the other things that happened in that game. Um, you know, I heard I was. Uh, you texted me today because you were at the gym. And you heard some guy listen to Pop and Lund.
0: I was like, ah, I wonder what Pop and Lund I just, uh, to. No, I was on a,
1: just a, wa- a nature walk. A, oh, a nature walk. And the guy's nothing, walking his dog, and, I, and I'm like,
0: is that Greg? <laughs> and then the guy dude, just keeps walking. It happened to me yesterday. I was on a walk. A guy walks by with both dogs, and he's like,
1: probably, you know, mid 50s, and he's just got his phone in his hand, just full blast listening, you know, protecting his eardrums or something. What was he listening? I don't even know. Um, but so I was like, oh, yeah, let's see what. The-. So Peter, Chris Biederman was on from the Sacramento Bee. And he so, made the point, this was an interesting theory, he's like, maybe the cold helps Jimmy, it numbs the pain. I was like, ah, I had not thought about that. Maybe it numbs the, the pain.
2: The one thing about Jimmy, and he talked about it today, like, I'm born and raised in this shit. Like, he is. You know, yeah, we talk a lot about Derek. Like The last thing I worry about, Jimmy, is the cold. Born and raised in Chicago, played in Chicago, and then played in New England. Like, to me, he's not a California guy. He's just probably dated a lot of our women since he's been here. But he is a cold weather guy. Like to me, Tom became one by m- going to Michigan and then New England. Jimmy was born and raised in it. Yeah. Like y- you and I, y- you, I mean, I think the older you get, it's probably hard to. Most people, they all avoid it like the plague if you've never been around it. Some, when you meet people from there, like, we'll. It will not shock me at all if Jimmy has a residence as he gets, like, in his 40s. Like, you were reading about, what's Jimmy Garoppolo doing now? Like, has a pad in Chicago. Like, they like the cold. Now, he'd probably have a sweet pad in, like, Jupiter, Florida. He's got so much money. But I'm just saying, like, cold people like, they feel comfortable in that. I don't. But, you know, that's why I always respect the Rodgers and the Bradys who go there. And then they kind of become one with the
1: weather. (laughs) I mean, how about Josh Allen going to Wyoming and then to Buffalo? Like, that's not where he grew up. Feels very natural in it, too. Wouldn't you say fireball is pretty hot?
2: Yes. Fire is in the name. Yeah. You're right. And now Uh, I I think maybe once you have a skill set, you can find, like, this is a big point. This is a separating factor for me. I can play well in this. It's harder for other guys. Yeah. It probably helps, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think... um. Like the Euros playing in the wind and golf, they feel comfortable in it.
1: Well, and that's where, you know, if you told me it was windy and Jimmy's arm was a little less than 100%, that'd probably be a little more concerning than cold and arm less than 100%. Although, again, I, Jimmy's arm, you know, it's funny. Like, when you see him throw over the middle, like, there's plenty of arm there. Um, and then sometimes you watch a deep ball or a throw to the sideline, and it doesn't feel like there's quite as much arm, but... It's just
2: not, I, you know, sometimes it's just a scattering report. Arm strength's not an issue. You would just say he's just not a good deep ball thrower. Not necessarily because he can't make it. I Maybe he's just not comfortable doing it. He's just not good at the deep ball.
1: Yeah. Because
2: he can throw it 40, 45 yards, but they just do not. And yeah. it, it might just be as simple as he's not the most accurate player. I wouldn't say he's a naturally accurate player and... The deep ball does take some pinpoint accuracy, right? At pinpoint might be strong, but I mean, I just—it's
1: a—it's stro- a really
2: hard ball to throw. I mean, we could start with that, right? Yeah, it's a—it's the hardest ball to throw. That's why Russell—it's his deep ball is so beautiful, and it's always Tom just drops too. right in the spot. Brady. Even Manning for a long time, he would just have to get rid of it earlier, but he knew exactly where he wanted it to go. Eli was a really good, I'd say, deep ball thrower. I feel like when I close my eyes and think Eli Manning, he just threw some deep balls, right?
1: Might have thrown the greatest deep ball in the history of the league to Mario Manningham.
2: Yeah, I mean, does Jimmy ever throw really? They just don't run that route, any
1: routes down the sideline, really, right? No, I think even, again, not to go back to the first pack game, they took some deep shots in that game that were not, one of them was a pick. Was that the game where they hit a deep shot to Debo? Might have
2: been a little later they in the season. He hit a
1: deep shot in the
2: he did. Jimmy did hit a post this year to Debo. I forget what game. But it was like, oh, they ran a post.
1: <laughs> I
2: don't remember. The Niners' deepest routes are like, yeah, we'll just run some crossers and we'll push it back another 10 yards. No <laughs> posts. As long as
1: you're open with like 12 yards around you. It can work. So I'm with you. I expect him to play. I, it would not shock me if you get something with Trey Lance in it um, we'll talk more about like keys to the game. We've got a couple things that we'll talk about on Thursday's podcast. I think there's a couple critical things that the Packers do really well. One thing specifically that they do really well, that kind of is a part of this that we can talk about Thursday, but you know, um, but I do expect him to play. I I don't know. I I don't, I want to say you expect Trey Lance, but I think this is what unique about Kyle is Kyle pulls things out that are quote unquote, you know, curveballs that are with his normal personnel with Debo, with Elijah Mitchell, with Iuke. Um, he ran a great fake Debo handoff Kittle end around in that first Packer game. I don't know how many times they've run it this year, maybe a couple, but it was a really unique creative play. Um, so, I think that's the beauty. That's the thing where it's hard to get Trey in there. He doesn't, I, it's hard to find the spot for him because he doesn't really need him. But if I'm Kyle, I, in front of LaFleur
2: in warmups, I go over and say, What's up to Rogers, Try to just throw everyone off, throw the mojo off.
1: Ooh, that's a great. Aaron, idea.
2: Aaron, what's up, man, bro? Yeah, you know, off season, probably be down in, in Diego with Staley. You're fucking around, Cali. You know, I know you got to play some Malibu. Holler at us. It's actually the OC. We we drink beers, we throw shit in the pizzas. Uh I let you see that ball I threw last year. Yeah, we'll just be out there drinking on rooftops. Huh? You, you huh? just c- come on over.
1: What's Before? that? Yeah, yeah, same number. Same number.
2: <laughs> yep. It it j- j- John. Yeah, John. You just forward him. He'll forward it to me. Yep. Same no, same place you came to last time uh-huh oh
1: yeah good luck you,
2: you your vegan actress f- friends and wives and girlfriends and fiance bring them they're cool yeah joe's wife's cool just bring them yeah jimmy'll be there it'll be cool though nothing to worry yeah. about if you guys need salad or whatever you probably need to bring that we just have meat but yeah just bring whatever i feel like the people aaron hangs out with, they probably eat some weird foods <laughs>
1: Uh, 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 swap out. Well, they did. They went to Monkey Pod in Hawaii. That's where they were. Uh, Miles. Oh, it's Turner, where the guy. The got, it's where the guy got beat up. Yeah. What's his name? Miles. Uh, uh, Teller. Miles, yeah. Teller. Miles Teller. Yeah. Where's well, Top Monkey Gun? Pod.
2: Whatever happened to that movie? Remember that was supposed still to come out like three for years it, John, ago? still waiting for it. That guy at the Super Bowl. I remember running into Miles Teller. He was promoting Top Gun Two.
1: That's, well, that was I mean, two years ago. You'll be promoting Top Gun Seven before the second one comes out. I mean, is Tom Cruise going to be seventy when this thing comes out. I don't know. I saw there's a new Reacher, like a Jack Reacher show on like, uh, I don't know. I saw the ad last night. Amazon Prime or Disney Plus or I don't even know what. But it's not. It's without him. It's just not the same. Well, do you know the new Billions? I I'd forgotten because I don't even remember them. I no, just Ax- finished. I just finished the old one, which is why I knew. Axe is banished to, you know, Switzerland. I might need to
2: rewatch the end of that. I forgot. So he's just he's not in this new season. Makes no like sense. It. Did he like, just hey, contract dispute? Did he have something else to do? Yeah, this isn't the Patriots. You don't just get to keep playing without Brady. Like this is, this, he is a huge part of the show. Like he's, he's on the crew. Like maybe he wanted out. Well, yeah. I mean, I that don't you wouldn't you guess like maybe they, they had contract dispute or something? Can you have The Sopranos without Spoilers. Tony? Can you have billions
1: without Axe? How do you have that? Well, the spoiler, the preview's out. He's not in the preview. I don't. Yeah, the the trailer's out. Uh, D. Anthony says May twenty second, twenty twenty two is was the be, uh, uh, top gun release? I dude. What was it axes this weekend? Right. Yeah, oh, it's this weekend. Good. I think the 23rd. So you and I have been talking about this for a few months to the point that I need to up, up update my L's graphic. Um but Florio today went all the way back to Texas Tech. We've been talking about for a few months that like once December hit, the Cardinals fall apart under Cliff. Uh Florio all the way back to Texas Tech, 2013, start seven and zero, finish one and five, two and zero to two and eight in 14. In 2015, three and one start, two and six finish, in 17, four and one start, two and six finish. Then to the NFL, three three and one start, two and seven finish, 2020 six and three start, two and five finish, 2021, ten and two start, as we know, one and five finish for the Cardinals. So there is a cliff problem. I mean, we can agree on that, right?
2: Rosillo's always had this argument. And I think he might be friends with them. Is that it's unfair and disingenuous to use the Texas Tech stuff because Texas Tech doesn't play anyone in the non-conference, and then obviously they end up playing down the stretch, right? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State—they just play the it's a legitimate point. And it's like, okay, I, I agree. It cannot be argued. These last two years, we had a—he went one and five this year down the stretch, and to me, everyone's going to make a big deal over last night. They got their ass kicked. Ass kicked against Seattle a week ago, and if they win that game at home, they're division champs. Now, watching that game, let's say they would have won when the Rams lost to the Niners. Do the Rams go in there and beat them? Potentially, probably. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> but I, I, I'm out, man. I've been out. I, I wonder if he's going to get fired in the next couple of days. He's on a four year contract. This year three. I know Schefter said that Oklahoma was interested and I love that PFT and, and big cat are starting to make fun of these guys for like some of their Jimmy tweets and some of their tweets about like guys. I mean, it's, it's a little much. I, I like him in rap sheet, but like, you know, this guy's really done a lot to prove his worth. Like guys, we're all watching the football game the players, the coaches. Like we, we understand like stop. You can't make things up out of like Jimmy. We've seen Jimmy Garoppolo. You don't need to tweet that out.
1: <laughs> I'll but stop, the Kingsbury yes. thing, like,
2: and again, I, I know his agent, uh, I just, I bet him a long time ago and we text every once in a while. And I think they were pretty confident when things were going well, they were going to break the bank, right? He was, he was going to be an eight, $9 million coach. If he won the division, maybe won a playoff game, it couldn't have ended very, any worse. And do you notice, did I forward you the Mike Silver tweet last night? One, say one thing about Mike Silver, especially on the West coast, he's going to know these owners. And he wrote, like, you know, last year, the owner was not happy with the finish. And watching this tonight, I can imagine he's really mad. And you can coach on a one-year contract in the pros if you want to. I, I don't see how they would give him a fake extension. I, I wonder if... I, I, I will not be shocked if he loses his job by the end of the week. Now, I think it's the one thing that, you know, I know that Kingsbury camp felt pretty good about. Somewhat tied at the hip with the quarterback. He's not just like... I would. I wouldn't just view him as like a normal quarterback. He is somewhat unique, and he still is probably you know he plays quarterback, so he's a really important asset. I, I maybe the move is just to run it back. These guys on kind of a contract year, but you you could not even give him. A, to me, you couldn't even give him a fake contract extension. Why would you want to just pay him to pay him? You wouldn't do it. You're right. You don't do that in the NFL, as you pointed they kicked, out. They, they beat Coughlin... the shit out of them last night. Did like, not
1: feel like a playoff game. And it felt like Remember, a Thursday night game, to be honest with you. The Cardinals were once upon a time in the driver's seat to have to win the division. They should have been at home for that game. I saw someone now. say it was eighty percent for whatever it means, eighty percent
2: likelihood that they were going to win the NFC West at whatever yeah, was Yeah, I don't
1: one. think they're the better team. I don't, I, I don't think they should have been at home. But that's how I would be thinking if I were the owner of the Cardinals. The question is, if you if you've made the decision to fire Cliff, are you doing that independent of your decision? Are you keeping Steve Kime and he's hiring the next coach? He's I wouldn't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't he's, think time's a joke. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 I don't as crazy as it sounds, I wouldn't have a problem with it. But, um, like my question would be: clearly, Kyler is better than most quarterbacks. I don't want to hear about Kyler's MVP in September. The reason to not bring Cliff back would be: sooner than later, you're going to have to make a decision about whether or not Kyler Murray's a forty million dollar quarterback. I need to know that answer as soon as possible because I don't want to be in the in between. And I think in all likelihood, he probably will end up being that. But I got to find the guy that I think can win games with Kyler Murray immediately. And I you do think, wonder you,
2: you you think there's a the better than fifty percent chance he gets a massive contract from the Cardinals like in the next couple of years?
1: I'm just I'm saying he he was if you you if I brought this up in September, we'd all agree he's trending that way, right? Oh yeah. So. I know you're going to have to make the decision. I know that
2: pretty, pretty telling though, two years in a row as the season goes on for a little guy that he
1: just clearly doesn't look, this is my point. Like I know what it, I know what it looks like already. I got to know before I'm up against the deadline with Kyler, what the future is with him. And I got to try and find the next coach for him. I actually, I'm not big on banging on cliff. Like I, you've told me enough. I've heard enough from other people. Like he's liked, he works hard. I've, I've heard from somebody in that organization, like Cliff Cliff works his ass off. Like there's no, Cliff's not, you know, this whole playboy mentality that people put on him. No, no like, one's ever argued that. No, though. no. But I do think the, I think Kyler's part of this problem. And this is what I'm getting at is like, I would be a little apprehensive if I'm the next coach of the Cardinals. If this guy really is everything that, you know, people think he could be, then why was he so terrible against the Los Angeles Rams? All these stats we're talking about with Cliff three years running, they're part of Kyler's resume too. And what happened Monday night is a big part of Kyler's resume. I thought Kyler looked like a like a baseball player in a slump on Monday, and there's no reason for it. It was the first game of the playoffs. And in baseball, you can have terrible body language because ultimately you play right field as long as you catch the ball, you hit, you're not leading anybody else. Playing football and quarterbacks a different animal. And bad body language in baseball is bad too. But his, he's got base bad baseball body language which is not what i want out of my quarterback and when i brought this up to you you made the point and you're right he looks that way when they're succeeding too well when they're winning it's not a problem but he looked like he didn't want to bro, be well it, it looked like the, the it looked like the last week before the all-star break to me watching kyler murray last night he was zoned out he i would was say for- zoned out and i do think he's it's better to take sorry it's better to take the job with kyler than most quarterbacks probably but i would be apprehensive about being kyler murray's coach right now
2: of all the quarterbacks that he's in the crew of in terms of talent and he's in the crew of all the young guys right right you just list the guys under 30 mahomes allen herbert lamar his body language those guys are good body language guys you're the quarterback Like, Lamar, to me, is like the most upbeat of the group. It's why I've grown to love Lamar, even though, like, you know, we'll see. Like, obviously, now some injury stuff, but it's like, Lamar and knowing people in the Ravens has positive energy. Kyler, bro, you're fucking slumping your shoulders like like you said. You just went 0 for 35. And baseball just can kind of be lethargic just in general, right? It's just like, what another game? This is football. And there have been enough rumblings with the top guys there that do not, and you know the former players. I don't know. They have a few. One guy was at the game last night, Larry and Carson, that have made mention of
1: that. So I'm I'm out. I'll t- I, I
2: I'll tell you where I'm out on where I'm at, Kyler.
1: I'm out. I'm I think out. it's I think it's a real reflection. I I do buy that the body language is a reflection of the problems they have with him, and and, and I won't
2: put that on Cliff in the sense of. You can't change the guy's personality, but he knew this kid since he was sixteen years old. He was the guy that pounded the table for him. he the, the reason they What's the how job, the job they can say they can say what they want, but they built the thing around him
1: yeah it which again, just, not yeah. a terrible plan No, the plan, but again, the, you're investing in people this is a people business. hundred percent. I'm just saying I like to me, the logic of we've got the first pick let's hire the coach that knows the quarterback that we think we'll take it's not the most insane thing i've ever seen I, I again i'm not anti i understand
2: why they did it there weren't even that many great coaching candidates but you i'm i echo what you said his body language makes me want to throw up i can't imagine being a fan of that no you you lose you lose but just the the like you said it's not even that fun when he wins. He's not like some big smiley guy. And listen, maybe he's just a negative Nancy, but God damn, you're getting your ass kicked. Show a little something. It was, it was hard to watch. It really was. was Honestly, as as, as as I'm a Cardinal hater, it was one of those. You feel like you're kicking them. Like this is an embarrassment.
1: (laughs) I I, I just wanted to get into it because the criticism of Cliff fair, I think it's fine, but I think the Kyler stuff is, I think it's, part of the problem I think well I think cliff the one thing you would give him right he's proven to not be the
2: joke that people thought he would be because he went eight and eight last year and he won whatever 10 11 games this year then you go one and five it just it is really difficult I would say in sports you would say the historically in our lifetime in pro sports when you're known as a guy that always collapse right down the stretch and now it's happened multiple times that is something that's hard to shake. Like you're like you're known as the collapse. Like you do take the player stink on you whether it's your fault or not. Now he has two pretty epic collapses back to back years where he should have he should have been in the playoffs last year and then this year. I would say that Monday night game the entire league like some some people might have missed you Saturday afternoon, right? Just like, you know, if you're if the team was out of the playoffs, maybe you're with right. your wife or your kids, you're at a fucking baseball game or a basketball game. There ain't a soul that missed that thing last night, right? <laughs> that <They> just <laughs> college people, NBA people were watching. Like, people just watching that football game. You see Jay-Z? He looks like Whoopi Goldberg now. What's up with his look? I didn't see him. Jay-Z's just got a weird look going. I don't know. Maybe he just moved to L.A. and kind of went
1: just, I don't know, just looks a little different. I didn't see. Mark Davis, John, there's a lot of jostling right now about who picked who. Vic Tafer's been doing some reporting about it. Who want, you know, between Mike Mayock and John Gruden, who wanted rugs, who wanted Arnett, who wanted Furl. Vic Tafer kind of shot down. Pete Prisco wrote, Oh, Mayock wanted uh, Devin White and got overruled. And uh, Tafer did a poop emoji gif, actually, on that. It was a actually Leather the dinosaur broom. Sort of oh the di- that's right with uh Go- Goldbaum or gold what's his name jeff goldblum who's just oh, yeah. fantastic um but this this has been a retroactive mess it was a mess in and of itself it's been a mess on top of that like as it's ended the way it's ended and i guess we shouldn't be surprised by that um and if it's not jim harbaugh then i think the search is gonna could be a little bit of a mess too He fires a lot of people. I mean, they just, one
2: thing after another, they just have disaster after disaster. And, you know, it was fun making fun of them years ago. We don't get as much joy out of it anymore. Uh, and part of it is they, you know, just had the same coach and GM for a little while, but now they're both gone. And like you said, the people that we were talking about this before we even started this pod, is that you have to go back to when he took over the team. His two advisors were Ron Wolf and John Madden. Well, one guy's dead and the other guy's in his mid-80s now. And uh, you just go, how would Mark? John Gruden and Jim Harbaugh hires are easy, right? They're not easy in terms of they cost a lot, but they're pretty easy, right? You just know the guy you want to hire. He's really famous. You're going to get a lot of credit for it. it. It, No one can really, especially Jim. To me, John, some people would be like, you know, this kind of crazy hire. But to me, Jim would be a no-brainer. You would get universal credit for it. It would be huge for your business. You know, brand and your team, and it would just be a big deal. It'd be a big football deal, and John was too. If he just has to do a normal like Brian Dayball or Kellen Moore, like I fuck, I don't know really what he would have. The only way he could do that, he'd have to hire a GM first, and the GM would make the hire. That's and that's what that happened. But who's conducting that
1: interview? I guess Mark. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, do NFL teams ever hire search firms? I mean, colleges do it all the time. I.
2: Well, Mark always had these guys that he kind of leaned on. that were kind of legends that, you know, clearly helped.
1: I think what would end up happening is the league will effectively operate as his search firm. Right. And so they've
2: done they did that with, you know, Shad Khan. They get they basically gave him bulky. You know, it's like he wouldn't be alone in that. I would say the difference is Mark has been around the NFL for 40 years now or what you know longer than that. However, 60 his whole life. Yeah. But in terms of really decision making. But he's now but been not- running a team for a decade, right? And he's been yeah. around league meetings and like he should be knowing a lot of fucking people now. Totally. He has no no excuse now. I, I give him some excuses. His dad didn't let him around in eleven. A lot going on. Now it's like you've been to all these. He goes to every game. He meets all these people. People like him. Like people are coming up to talk to him. This is this to me now is on mark,
1: right? No, no, it's not about excuses. It's what I'm saying is that though, what evidence is there that he would know how to do he would do this. I think way the scary that, scary thing. Now no, I'll Jim say this. veteran job. Veteran owners have screwed up hires left and right every day. So John Mar missed every year for like yeah, I mean, days. it's not, it's it's really not unique to Mark, but it's just what would they do? You know, I mean I Joe Judge is a hire that you end up with when you not ex when you I don't know, you get duped. I don't know what that is. Uh you take a big swing, but if it's not Jim, I, I'm... The, if but it's not
2: Jim guy, I have absolutely no clue who is going to end up as the GM or the head coach. Do you agree with that? Like, you could tell me any scenario and I could... Billy Wingfoot from the Panthers is the GM and he hires the special teams coordinator. Like,
1: anything is believable. Rich stays,
2: if it's, it's not all Jim, on the table.
1: It, if it's not Jim, could he go back to the... T- could he go back to TV? Could He hire Lewis after Mayock. Yeah, he could hire Lewis. Well, like Lewis, me, Lewis then, has
2: been interviewing the last couple of years. I don't. Yeah, think that's I think
1: Lewis guy. would be then at the top of the list.
2: I think Lewis wants the job for sure. Well, he I mean, well, takes a lot of pride I, in I'm, the Raiders.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, but I to think to me, would,
2: you hire Lewis like Lewis, what worked in the league for a decade, Lewis would know Lewis how to find a head coach. Lewis would have a short list.
1: I'm just Lewis saying, if list. we're making the list of people that I think Mark Davis would go to, if it's not Jim Harbaugh, then I think Lewis Riddick's probably at the top of that list. I mean, if I told you
2: that he ends up with Lewis Riddick and Doug Peterson, you would say that's pretty serviceable, right?
1: Yeah. Because yeah,
2: let's face it, Super Bowl winning head coach John. Yeah, your GM. Definitely- if your coach is good, your GM doesn't have to be Ron Wolf in his prime. You know, obviously Lewis has never done it. M- M- Mayock would have been fine if his coaches were good.
1: You saw this year; they were fine. They made well, the playoffs. We, we do. I do. I think you're right. Like we. John gets, John Lynch is missing. Le- everyone's the picks, like. made the Leatherwood pick. <laughs> Everybody, even Ron Wolf. He just did it four years in a row. He was missing on first rounders. That's his problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I do wonder if there was just not enough. You need a little yin and yang, maybe him and John. I don't know. I don't know.
2: Well, Breer wrote, and I think Taffer might have alluded this too. I remember being told by this by a guy on another team, like round two. Like I heard, Mike Mayock is going to get fired. Remember in the draft, I think I told you. I yeah, like, I heard Mike Mayock's going to get fired, and then yep. and then we like waited a couple of days. He didn't get fired. There were definitely rumblings that Gruden, John Gruden, was going to fire him. So where do you think Mike got these thoughts? Or I mean, Mark got these thoughts, right? I think this was implanted in him from John.
1: Who he so still wants?
2: Like, right? uh,
1: he he still wants John Gruden to be his coach.
2: One hundred percent. About that. Like John Gruden is suing the league, but he's really suing the thirty one teams. He's not suing Mark. I to me, Mark, I just think they both that night they had no choice. Mark Davis is not happy with the way this all played out. and he was never one thing I think that was clear is Mac has nothing to do with Mark Davis. Mayock is just there simply because of John Gruden. and then they found out like maybe this guy was a little over a skis, which still to me is weird because I always just it shows you though it's we talked about this the other day on the on the feed. It just shows you it's a lot different. It's easy to like. I'd probably sound genius just getting up there if I really studied it, just talking to overall players. And then when you're on the clock, you're like, well, I got seven guys. I kind of like this Leatherwood guy a lot, but I mean, are we sure, yeah, take Leatherwood.
1: And I can understand you think to yourself Leatherwood well, was a starting right tackle at Alabama, and it started several years at Alabama. And when you get your shot, you take, you're like, this is my shot. I'm taking who I believe in, not who's not going to get me criticized, right? But. A lot of those guys get you criticized. Unfortunately, you don't get that many at bats, right? Isn't like Stephen Vogt he... started his career 0 for 32 or something with the A's before he his big league career 0 for 32 before he hit a home run. You don't get that. You don't get. Thir- you don't get that many first round at bats. If Mike was the guy pulling the trigger, though, there wasn't really a rhyme or reason,
2: right? You'd go, well, Farrell was low ceiling, super high character team captain. Clemson Leatherwood was actually like people questioned like the weird cat. You know, not your typical Alabama guy. Arnett had a Arnett. ton of red flags. It was just, he was just all over the board. It, the guys in the middle round, all like Crosby, Renfro, they all feel kind of the same. Like he was just getting these tough, just kind of consistent blue collar guys. But at the top, it's like they didn't have an identity. Like, are we shooting for the, are we swinging for the fences? Or are we just going pure character? They, it's like they didn't know.
1: Ken on the stream says, look at Gruden's bad drafts in Tampa once Dungy's all-pro defensive stud aged out. Very similar. Run back in the first, flame out receiver, bad trenches QBs. Best pick was Tlaib, and he was traded before the second contract. I did like Cadillac Williams and Auburn, I remember. I thought he was sweet. What was his real name?
2: Mercedes or something? I I don't know. Do you remember the two of those guys, Ronnie Brown and Cadillac? Yeah. Oh, Carnell. Uh, That's not what I would have guessed. It was just, I mean, at the time, I think most people viewed Cadillac Williams like a top 10 pick. Now he ended up not being great, but it's also, there's not an easier job to do than talk about drafts a year, two years, three years after.
1: It's one (laughs) of the the most fun things to do.
2: Yeah, it is. Oh, well, and to talk about it before the draft too. But conversate, you don't have any information beside what you think before, after. It's like, what idiot took this guy to pick 17? Oh, my God. This guy can't play dead in the Western. How about how they miss on this guy in the third round? Shit, A.J. Brown. Clearly, every team, like, for example, A.J. Brown, were like, you know, there were some red flags, or the guy wouldn't have lasted to the end of the second round. Right. D.K. Metcalf was strictly known for being half naked with Pete Carroll in that in that video that went viral. People like, yeah, he can't really play though. And then by like halfway through his rookie year, they're like, how the hell did this guy last? (laughs) You know, just it happens every single year, and in football more than the other sports, just because the seventh round and you're just bound to get guys in the fourth, fifth round that are going to become Kittles and Shermans and Bradys. It's
1: just, it's inevitable. (laughs) I hope DK can bounce back from his 75 reception, 12 touchdown. Down year, John.
2: Did I think get three touchdowns week seventeen? But still had nine through sixteen. So yeah,
1: I, I mean people, they people are acting like he was a scrub. Seahawks offseason. season have have as Pete Pete met with the owner yet? We not heard what happened. That was that was yeah. I think we I, I think they're or good.
2: They're, the whole good. band's
1: getting back together. You Just see nothing, like a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> Kenny Norton got
2: fired. You see that? Well, okay. Ed Donatel, right. remember Harbaugh's old, like, yeah, coach, it was Fangio. I saw that the Patriot or no, Pete Carroll fired Ken Norton yesterday, requested the Denver Broncos who fired Fangio. I love the, when the coaches, the head coaches fired, but all the assistants are under contract. So it's like, I just, what do I come into the office and do every day? I get requested to go interview with Seattle. Like I have to ask for a request. My, my boss just got fired. The, the semantics of the league of just
1: are kind of ridiculous in some of these situations, aren't they? Uh, yes. Well, I mean, the fact that you are doing the fact that D'Amico Ryan is interviewing on Wednesday with the Vikings, is pretty wild. It's nuts. Can he interview Sunday? It's pretty. It's it's. Uh, how about did we we did we talk about the Mayock story? That they thought other people in the building saw him leaving the building and just thought he was leaving for the day, didn't know he was fired. They're just doing their tasks, you know.
2: I did, I, well, I immediately go, I saw Breer tweets it, so I'm like, oh, I gotta check out the 75 comments here. A lot of people are like, don't you guys know the rules of human resources? You're not allowed to talk to people when you get removed from a building. And I'm like, well, I can't relate, that is true, right? You're not allowed to be like, hey guys, I've been relieved of my duties. Now, if they see you with the HR lady, maybe they would know something was going on. But if his office is in a place where they didn't see him get fired, if I was gonna defend the Raiders... Is it that inconceivable that that situation takes place? Like you have to leave the building. Remember, Chip once upon a time got walked out of the building.
1: Yeah, they don't want you grabbing your laptop or whatever. It's still weird, there. Are just though. there are just like rules. Protocols, I know, for whatever. But it's still kind of weird. Should should
2: Mark Davis send out an email immediately? Like, hey guys, your your Mike Mayock has been fired. I'll, I'll update you more in the next couple days. You before he interviews is, GMs, is that the right thing to do? Well. They yes. didn't interview GMs, they just sent out the facts. Feelers, sorry, right?
1: feelers. <laughs> Requests. Yeah. What do you think
2: Mike was like when uh you know someone in his office forwarded him like, "Hey bro, uh we still work here?" I'd See, uh he's he's reaching out to some people. Long lunch. Okay, <laughs> uh, like, hey man, it's, it's still free lunch. I I'd go grab some slices of pizza on your way out.
1: Nate on the stream. How fans you have the number 1 defense about to get de- de- replaced by another defensive coach? LOL. And kind of true. All right. Um, do we miss anything? Did I forget anything? It's been a, I mean, we did a couple hour pod already. Yeah. a week. No big deal. Oh, this evening stream was kind of nice. People are, you know, at People home. hanging. Yeah. All right. Thanks for hanging, everybody. We'll be back. Uh are we going to do a live stream Wednesday? YouTube only? Yeah. Yeah. Just keep it rocking and rolling. Stay tuned to these channels to find out when we're coming back. Uh, and again, if you're watching the YouTube, hit that like button while you're here on your way out the door, subscribe. So you get the alerts. We appreciate that a lot. (laughs) Let everybody
0: save big on
1: brunch for mom all in the Kroger app, get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90%
0: lean ground sirloin for four 99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or seven up all with your card.